Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we get to our first segment, wanted to give you the heads up that I left my AirPods on instead of my H6 microphone. So if my audio doesn't sound as clean and professional as you come to expect, that's the reason why. Thanks again for all the support, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from Hollywood, California. With me, you know her as the number one <laughs> Angel City hype woman, the one and only 99 <laughs> World Cup winner, Suskiel Weber. What's up, right? What's up? We what are we Angel our, City. We got our Angel City going. We got our, our Angel new City going. Our, our new, new crest. crest. I got to love it. It's awesome. It's awesome. And shout out to Angel City for an awesome, awesome, awesome logo reveal party yesterday. We had a lot of fun there. Uh, a lot of craziness was going on. Seskia grabbed the mic. She started uh, She started some impromptu. It was, uh, it was hype, too quiet. <laughs> it, was too, it was too quiet for me. I had, I had to get in there. <laughs> going, back we're, we're, to my, going back to my club days, yes. <laughs> Well, look, I mean, honestly, you got the dance floor going uh, with not only just uh, the youngins, but also the oldins out there, too. So yeah, that was, uh, that was awesome. That was all awesome. Mike, thing. are we live? We are live. We are live. Why? Can I, you not see it? No. Yeah, we're live. Right. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing everybody <laughs> waving right, right, right there. Uh, well, this is an interesting segue. I was going to talk about the fact that with Angel City coming next year, there's going to be a lot of rivalries coming in. And one of the big rivalries, as we all know, is New York and L.A. And obviously, to help out with that, we got Gotham FC goalkeeper Kalen Sheridan with us right now, all the way from Irvine, California. All the way. I can almost throw a rock at you. I love it. Hey, you know what? I I will trade you <laughs> uh, Angel City for a Gotham FC t-shirt. Just because I'm, Jer I'm a Jersey girl, I will totally tra trade you. Because apparently I pillaged all the swag, like we said. So, okay, cool. I'll go back and pillage in a couple weeks. <laughs> okay, cool. It's a deal. <laughs> well, what, we, what you guys don't know is that Kaylin's got like a, a retro sky blue uh, collection going on as well, too. So uh, if anybody <laughs> wants to. Anybody needs any of that. You got plenty of that. Well, yeah. what, happens, what happens to all of that stuff? Is it donated? Is it like, what happens to it all? The sky I, blue. I don't know club work. Is I know that I have a pile that is definitely at some point probably going to go to Goodwill. <laughs> you know, you should give it to like, like hand it out at games or something. Yeah. Do people want that? Like the old stuff? It's. I, I do. I like everybody wants like the new Gotham stuff because like that's, that's cooler. Now it's just like, eh, sky blue. Well, yeah, but like in. How long ago did I play pro? <laughs> like in twenty something years, when you bust out like a New York Power T-shirt, yeah, it's pretty that's sweet. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it's I, pretty sweet. I'll definitely <laughs> keep you, but I have like four years of sky. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, 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 well. Hold up. By the way, Kaylin, do you have a do you have AirPods or anything like that? Oh, I do. Uh, I have yeah, that would be a that would, yeah, that would that, there we yeah, are. definitely. Yeah, definitely. I don't know why I couldn't find this. There it is. You found it? Did got you it. find it, Sesk? You found it? Yes. There you go. All right. Yay. Fantastic. Well, shout out to everybody who's watching live right now during uh, during the Euros going on right now. I was trying to comment about this, Kaylin, while I was on mute the entire time during the uh, the pre-show. And, uh, and Sesk is like, you're on mute. No one can hear what you're saying right now because I was apologizing. Oh, 
was talking away. I was sitting here I was like, just, what is he doing? I was apologizing for the fact that like the Euros were going on, the podcast, we were trying to find the best times to do this. Kalen was heading to Japan. That would have been a weird time to do the podcast at like 2 a.m. or something like that. Suske, why don't you tell us a little bit about the dance party that you had yesterday? <laughs> Those kids were awesome. You know, you, kids just love getting on a stage. Remember when you had no inhibitions, like you were just whatever. And yeah. I, you know, I think the funniest thing was people thought I was going to dance. I can't dance. I, I will be <laughs> dead honest. I can sing. Or at least I think I can sing sometimes. I cannot dance at all. I can't. Yeah. I, it's 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 a tragic sight. I can move in the goal, though. I tell you what, I got great feet and everything, but on the dance floor, forget it. I'm like a watcher. I'm just like the one that's sitting there just like kind of bouncing. <laughs> but the kids were great, and we got everybody hyped up, and it was fun. I mean, and that, honestly, that's the most that's the most important thing is that uh, is that you're able to get the kids hyped up because, you know, you want them to be able to come out and support and everything like that. Um, yeah, you know, it was really great. There was a great moment. I was standing with Kobe Jones and Angela Hughley's and myself, and we were the three three of the owners that were there to, you know, to do the like to the appearance, be with the fans and uh, supporters and everything. And we kind of looked at each other and the three of us such diversity like you know like how far the three of us you know have come and um it was just kind of a cool moment for us yeah i mean i think that's point i mean i think that's really cool i mean especially obviously you know obviously there's been a lot of talk this past month about inclusion diversity representation and all that sort Mm -hmm. of a thing and to, to see kind of you know at the at the front office level at the executive levels at the ownership levels and everything like that not just at the player level or even at the coaching level um you know that type of representation i think is just absolutely fantastic kaylin how are you doing with the uh i went i went old school school. old school (laughs) it's reliable i don't know why it's not connecting it is and it's so hard to keep track of pods so <laughs> I know. too many devices connected to it i can't get them to, to stop <laughs> well let's uh let's uh, before we kind of get into this topic guys which today we're going to be talking about a uh, short range distribution short form distribution uh kaylin why don't you catch us up a little bit about what's been going on with you obviously you know congratulations you know you're heading you. to japan <laughs> you know i yes. gotta get some, some tips from Saskia. yeah on japan, on japan. <laughs> okonomiyaki that's what you want to eat Okay, I will just say that. I don't know what I'm expecting on my plate. Say you want to go for economyaki. It's awesome. <laughs> it's like, it. it's, like it. a, it's like a pancake kind of, but it's it's made in front of you on a hot plate. It's got like, you can have it with meat in it. You can have it with vegetables, whatever, fish, whatever. And it's like pancake with the sauce on it and everything. And it just it's great. I'm in to try everything. I'm, I'm ready for it. <laughs> It's great. So, and then as far as sushi goes, it's really expensive. Yeah. Unless you go to like um Gaiten sushi, or like the one on the conveyor belt. And that's oh, gotcha. really, that's super popular in Japan. And that's like fast food sushi, but it's really good sushi. So. <laughs> I've only been I've been to Japan once and I got sushi like on the way out, like the last night. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't even know if it was good. I just remember like I wanted something and I was like, sushi, we're going for it. <laughs> okay, there you go. Hold up. Do you mean like on the way out, like at the airport on the way out? You're like, no, like <laughs> the night the night before we left. Like I was like, wherever is the closest sushi place, like I'm finding it. I'm I'm going. Oh, oh my God. there you go. Well, honestly, we're excited about the fact, you know, obviously, as Suskia knows, you know, it's a limited selection when it comes to the Olympics. So it's always it's always kind of a 
a, a stressful situation on who's going to be able to make that limited roster. Um, and uh, and obviously you made it, which is which is fantastic. And obviously this has been a difficult year, you know, with the with the injury, you know, during the um, you know during the game against the U.S. Uh, earlier this year, and then obviously. You rehabbing, came in back strong, came back with Gotham. And uh, and honestly, Kaylin, I mean, we're, we're just so happy. We're just so happy for you. We really, really are. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Yeah. It was, a, it was a weird time. I definitely didn't think this was uh, plausible earlier on in this year. I, was, I think that was more painful than the actual injury. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you know, like kind of walk us through like everything, you know, because I think this is important for a lot of young goalkeepers to yeah. hear out there because, you know, this was – I don't want to say it was arguably your biggest game, but it was a very big moment on a world stage against, you know, yeah. one of the best teams in the world. Um, and, and to be in that type of a situation and then to have to have to take a, a, um, a back seat and everything and, and realize now you have to prepare for your season and everything like that. Like, was it, was it more the emotional or was it more the physical toll that, that kind of took it to you before you finally were able to get out there? Because you, you guys even had the challenge cup yeah. prior to you even being able to be healthy again. Yeah, no, it was definitely um, more emotional and mental um, toll than than physical. I think a lot of athletes and like even even younger kids, like they can push their body through anything, and you you know you can push your body, but it's like how far can I really push my brain to allow myself to get better and to be ready for this? Um, so I mean, I was in some pain when it happened, but it was more confusion and like knowing something was wrong rather than like excruciating pain like it wasn't I just knew something was wrong and I it was more like loss of feeling and um and then it was completely mental of like this was a really big opportunity for me um I wanted to push for that starting spot I know that the Olympics are like six months away um they were delayed so like I've had all this extra time and like I've really been putting extra effort and really pushing for this opportunity and it's just like within an instant I felt it all just kind of be taken away from me yeah. and um so that was definitely more mental and emotional and that week of trying to figure out what happened getting all the MRIs and, and meeting doctors and figuring out you know how am I going to fix it how am I going to get better what does my timeline look like is this even realistic anymore um was definitely completely mental and emotional like I I was I was walking around like I was just like I feel almost like I'm faking and I said that to my team doctor I was like there's no way like this is this is the reality of things the first doctor I saw told me it was going to be five to seven months and that was completely out of reach for me I had four months, <laughs> I had four <laughs> months to get back that was it and I had to be ready in four months and so I was going to see doctors and Luckily, I had an amazing group of people in my corner to help me see all these different doctors. And I live in a great area. I live in the tri-state, so I can go to New York. I can go to New Jersey. I can go Philly. Um, and I did. I, I went around. I was I was calling doctors in Canada. I was trying to figure out, like, who who had the best plan of action for me um, and, and what was going to be the best one that I wanted. <laughs> um, and all these doctors that were on my team, doctors and trainers, you know, were like, listen, you're 25 if the best course of action is long-term, like you need to be realistic and it might, it might be just not the time right now for you to push for something that could affect you long-term. Mm. And I had to come to some really hard decisions with, you know, there were some really, really short-term options that, that were definitely going to impact me in the long run. And I had to, to be smart about my, my career choice at this point yeah. and not, not impact me in 10 years when, or in, in eight years when, you know, I could still be playing, but this injury would probably affect me then. Um, yeah. So I found a really amazing doctor who who said, you know, we'll do the surgery, which is a longer term recovery. But 
uh, with some progressive, you know, um, physio, we'll be back. Three months, we'll be back. He said, if we really stick to it, we do everything right, you know, there's a possibility. He said, there's a possibility for three right. months. And I said, that's all I need. That's all I need, a possibility. You know, I can't, I can't do this risking my career thing where I don't do it and it affects me in five years and I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't really want to hear the the sit on your couch for six weeks and and wait your five months. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. That's not me at all. I need to be doing things every day. And this doctor was like, we'll have you walking that day. We'll get you up on your feet. We'll do it. We'll figure it out. And if this is something like it, if it doesn't work, I just want you to know that's also that's also something that could happen. It could be five months. And so I had amazing people in my corner, like I said, and we said, let's go for it. And, you know, on the right side, if it goes right, we're looking bright. We did everything right, and we look amazing for it. But if it doesn't, it's just normal. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, I think, you know, Kaylin, first off, I mean, you know, shout out to you for, again, you know, being smart about everything and being mature about everything and responsible about everything. Because <laughs> Let me, let I know, me stop right there because I was definitely <laughs> not mature and responsible in the moment. Okay. <laughs> I have some incredible human beings in my life who are like, you're being stupid. You can't risk it. I, I will be honest and open and know that I was definitely like, get me back as fast as possible. We got to go. We got to go. And they were like, sit down, sit down, you know, like, let's be realistic and smart. So at, at the end of the day, I did make that decision, but I had some people, you know, helping me along the way to just be smart and calm and mature. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, which is which is extremely important obviously you know yeah. we, we know we know a lot of those people and you know and shout out to them because they've yeah. been obviously extremely you know generous to us as well too and and Suskia, i know this is something that you've always discussed with people as well too is that how important it is to have that support group especially when you're going through something like this even if you're a young kid going through something like you know getting dropped by your club team and having to find a new yeah. team like if you have people around you that are going to be there looking out for the best of your interests rather than you being going at it on your own. No, absolutely. I think because it takes uh, it takes a certain amount of stress off you so you can focus on your recovery and everything like that. I mean, when I got injured in Japan and I came back, of course, the Japanese told me I'd never play at a high level again. Then they also told me I had morphine syndrome because my arm length arm length was longer than my height or something. So whatever. Um, but, but when Tony found out, DeChico found out because he had called me in the camp and it was the day before I was going into surgery. And I told him, um, he was just like, I want you to take all the time you need and to come back as strong as you can. We were three years out of two, three years out of the world cup and 99. And he goes, and when you're ready, call me and you'll be in the next camp. And so like that took a lot of stress off me. Like it took a lot of mm -hmm. pressure and I could focus and I knew I had the support of him. So I focused on my re recovery and I went to the right doctors, the same thing. But just those those comments, like people don't understand how far they, they can take you and how much they can help you. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, also obviously, you know, something that was very different for you, Kaylin, you know, was coming into, you know, obviously you'd been around, you know, Sky Blue Gotham, whatever you want to call it, for a while now, but a new goalkeeper coach, you know, who you hadn't worked with before, oh. you know, and you're coming into an environment like that with a different coach and you're injured and you can't and do the same things and everything like that. But, it, it, you know, shout out to Daniel because it seems like he was there for you through the thick and thin too. And obviously Didi, you know, holding it down, you know, while, while, while you weren't able to play, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. what a great run in the Challenge Cup and everything like that. I mean, it's just like, 
I just love to see how things have kind of turned around in that franchise, you know, over the years. It's really such a rejuvenation over there. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, I remember talking to Dan before being like, we trained like twice before I left for camp. And I was like, you know, it's interesting because I feel like coaches sometimes when you go to camp, like they struggle, like they don't know how to handle like you going away and coming back so much. And then I got hurt and I was like, and now you got to handle me away, not training. Like how is our relationship going to change or develop this way. And I remember having that conversation before I left and being like, oh, I'm not coming back to train anytime soon. Um, like I have to go sit out for weeks and I'm really upset about it, but yeah, he definitely was super supportive. And I think it was hard for him at the beginning too. Like it was, it's weird. Like you don't know what to do. You're the, the goalkeeper. You came like, and you've talked to and like you've been working with is not there anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's weird, but I mean, he was completely supportive. And I think the most, like the person who texted me, like one of the ones right away was actually Didi. And like, she was incredibly supportive the entire time while I was injured and she did an incredible job um, in the challenge cup and she's going to do an incredible job all summer. Um, and I'm just like, we have such a, I think goalkeepers have such a weird relationship sometimes, but you know, as long as you at the end of the day can just be really good human beings, that's all that really matters. Yeah. 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 And I love the fact that you brought up just that, that kind of that human element. And sometimes that's, you know, sometimes we forget about that when we're talking about the X's and O's and, you know, yeah. and, and, and all of that. But these are human beings and they are have outside lives and they're affected by, you know, I mean, like they, they, the way they kind of talk about it. And Suska, you know, you've, you've discussed this before in the past in regards to you turn on the news report. It's like so and so's having an MRI and it's just a, it's just a footnote type of a thing. And you're like, you don't realize how much F like that's a lot going on in that person's life right now. Like, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're just thinking about them from the field standpoint, but what about them going to the grocery store and, and hanging out mm -hmm. with friends and, you know, and all their, you know, and, and kids and responsibilities and all sorts of different things that you just don't kind of take into consideration, you know? So I, I love, I think it's when, I think it's when you need the support more than anything, yeah. you know, is when you, it shows people's true colors. Like if, if they stand by you, you know, you, I, I have teammates that I had a teammate that ended her career off an injury, and um, like, and I when she didn't know it was a career ender, when she was going through stuff, um, she actually had a really hard surgery. She she coded um, uh, and stuff because I won't get into it. But um, I know that I know that the. National team, I'll call it out. I don't care. The national team coach at the time never, never contacted or never did anything and turned like totally turned her back on her, and um, and it scarred her for a long time. She couldn't even watch soccer. Um, you know, she's come through that and everything. But I remember that's that's when you need support the most, and it sh it really shows who your who your team real teammates are and real friends are and and support. Um, it's easy to support somebody when they're doing the best. Sorry. <laughs> it's, Sorry. it's true. No, it is true. I feel like I, I got so much love and like so much, like so many messages and from people I'd never expected to even like, you know, I'm close to all my teammates, but like people you just, you know, you don't talk to as much. And it was like every other day somebody was reaching out and I was out for, for two and a half, three months. Like yeah. that's, that's effort. And you know, that's something that, turned me a little bit as well to be like, are you being a good teammate? Like, have you been the best teammate that you can be? Cause you know, your Except teammates have been, have been pretty freaking great mm -hmm. to you. So, you know, it's really time that you really take a look inside and be the best teammate. Um, so I'm really grateful for both. I have luckily to have two teams. So 
both those teams have been completely amazing to me. And it definitely made me think, you know, how could I be a better teammate? Because they were just so amazing to me. Look at this comment we got right here. Oh, Look at gosh. This comment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the person did think about game day, but I <laughs> Not biased in any way whatsoever. <laughs> just an average, just an average just fan, average, right there. Yeah. <laughs> just an av average fan. Uh, well, speaking since Daniel, we'll get there. On, yeah. <laughs> since since Daniel just came on right there, and, and he's an X's and O's kind of guy. Let's uh, let's let's kind of segue into this topic. But I did think it was important to talk a little bit about that, Kalen, because you know, um, I think it's important for the kids to to hear your your journey from your own mind. We can talk about it on the show, but. You know, actually coming from you, it, it, it's a different thing. Um, but today's topic, guys, uh, the reason we have Kaylin on is she, she I, I, honestly, I think she's one of the best in the world when it comes to distribution. And, and, you know, whenever we think of a distribution topic, we have to have Kaylin Sheridan on. Um, it's short form distribution, uh, which is something that I think a lot of kids take for granted. Um, Kaylin, maybe for some parents out there listening who don't know what we mean by short form distribution, what do we mean by that? Yeah, I think it's over like a distance of like 20, 30 max. Like, I think it's very short. It's more, you can go from your hands, you can go from your feet, but it's more of like a not trying to hit in behind or over overpass over too many people. Um, I think a lot of the times we talk about short form, we, we automatically think like roll or pass, but there's so many different ways that you can distribute. And it, I think, I mean, I'm very honored that you guys brought me on for this one because I think Two, two, three years ago, even maybe a year ago, this was like one of my biggest areas of improvement. Um, if you ask me like him behind, like all day, I have that. Mm -hmm. But short term, like a short form or like medium range, that's where people were like, I think that can be better. I think you yeah. can be better with that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely appreciative that I'm, I'm actually in the running for anything on this topic. <laughs> Well, I, I, well, go ahead. I think, it's a, I think it's a place where a lot of people struggle. Um, you see, <laughs> I always like, you see young goalkeepers give balls like over 20 yards or 30 yards and they nail their teammate in the chest. Yeah. They throw it, it bounces up into their quad or into their, into their midsection. And that, that is just so, it, it can't happen because, mm. because it's got to be a, a ball that can be just one touch controlled easily. Because yeah. usually it's, it's quick, it's quick movement, quick transition, um, knocking it around. So if they're having to take two touches just to control the pass that you just gave them, then we're you're in a world of trouble. And I think a lot of a lot of young goalkeepers struggle over that distance. I think it's it's. I'm not saying it's easy I, to knock a ball in behind. It's not either. But I think no, yeah, there's room for like the ball to bounce. There's room for it's a diff it's just a little bit more like thought process. I think yeah, like you have mm -hmm. to. I think the, what challenged me a little bit is, is my coaches, even on the national team, were like, I don't care if you get it there. I want to know if they connect it. It doesn't count if they don't connect. Right. And so that was like the biggest thing for me. Like I could get it there, but it was like you said, it, it might've been at their knee and they had right. to like take two or three touches. Or and it was now they have to knock it back. Right. And they were like maybe getting a toe on it to hit it in behind and hope somebody was running. Right. So it was more like, is this ball going to be beneficial for the next person? Yeah. I, I think one of the one of the, the, the things that I, I see a lot, especially at the youth level, and we've talked about this, you know, Suski on, on the show and everything, and Kaylin, I'd love to get your your feedback on this and everything like that, but is that a lot of young kids look at just, you know, passing the buck, passing the responsibility. Yeah. Like they're like, I don't want the ball, you take the ball. Yeah. And they're not really thinking about the purpose of why they're playing that ball. Right? That was me. That was me hundred <laughs> percent. I just get it get it away from I was me. like, Thank you, you take it, figure it out. I don't know. 
and I'm on crowd now. No, I think <laughs> I'll be here when you lose it. That's my job. <laughs> no, I think that's huge. I think that comes back to like something we talked about before on another episode of just like absorbing pressure and, and like kind of bringing pressure to yourself. That's something that like we, we talk a lot about at the Keeper Institute. And I think they've talked to you a lot about that. And they really challenged me to do that way more is like, how many people can I bring into me to make that so much easier for the next person? And can I bring on pressure so that they don't have pressure? Like, can I take it on for somebody else? And before, before, like, I don't know, four or five years ago, I've been like, why do I want pressure? (laughs) They can, they're outfield players. They'll should, they should deal with it. Yeah. And I think that's like a huge piece in this like short range, medium range passing is, if it's long, like if you absorb pressure, the person in behind really doesn't affect anything. If you take the, the nine, yeah. right. They're more dealing with the center backs, outside backs. So it's more like when you're playing these short term, medium range balls, like you want to bring as many people to you as possible so that they have time and space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I love what you're saying right there, you know, and, and Saskia, obviously this is one of the things that we really discussed a lot about the fact is that like, just because you're playing a ball, again, doesn't necessarily mean that you're helping the team. And, and Kalen, by the fact that you're bringing up about absorbing the pressure, that's scary, especially as a, as a young goalkeeper. That's scary yeah. to let all these people come in at you. Because it's intimidating. Nobody's, well, nobody's asking you to take on. So, like, <laughs> yeah, like don't, don't, don't try and don't, dribble the team. Maybe, yeah, maybe like one or two people sometimes. Yeah, little kids <laughs> out there, don't, don't be so literal, please. Um, <laughs> like, take I mean, on maybe one person. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my. But again, my favorite that passing the buck. I love when there's like a defender, like like less than five yards, and you're just like here. <laughs> why? What are they going to do different? Why is the defender standing right next to you, number one? And, and why are you giving them the ball? Like, yes, get out of there, and you know, be comfortable in that. And it's obvious to us when you, when you're passing the buck just kids out there, you know? Oh, well, but, but another thing too, is that, you know, for young outfield players out there, you know, you, you need to, you need to talk to your goalkeepers because I think one of the biggest issues is that a lot of young goalkeepers, that player that's standing three yards from them is demanding the ball. Yeah. They're like, they're like, they're like feet. And you're like, you can't help. <laughs> that one's really tricky. Like that's a mental thing. I honestly still struggle yeah. with sometimes because they just want the ball so bad. And you're like, well, yeah. I want to give it to them. Like, yeah, that seems like the right decision. And you're like, honest, yeah. you got to just like have Is a little it? confidence in yourself. Like yeah. that, if I'm even questioning it, maybe it's not the right decision. Yeah. I have to tell my, I have to tell my keepers. I'm like, you've got to tune them out. You know, yeah, everybody got, wants the ball. Everybody's, everybody's like, Lauren, 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 Lauren. And like, give me the ball. That's going to explode. 100%. Make, make your decisions. Eventually, they'll realize all they're yelling isn't going to make the decision for you, and they'll hopefully stop, like, down the road. But, yeah, that it, it'll drive anybody crazy. And well, then, but the, the worst yeah. for me is the face, is the face. Because then I'll get the face on the way back, and it's like, oh, dude, like, Come on, like I'm like I'm like I understand you think you're amazing, but like you have to think of no, they're thinking about themselves a lot of the times. They're like, well, I'm I can handle this situation right here. So and so, like that's not you know I'd rather I'd have the ball or that type of a thing. And then that that's a whole other discussion. Uh, that is a that is a whole other discussion that uh, maybe I need a therapist for. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Uh, I want to talk about a little bit before we kind of get into some of these clips and stuff like that bowling. Um, Because again, this is a, this is something that I just don't think people practice at all. I think, you know, like 
they teach an eight-year-old how to bowl a ball, but they don't give them the reason why they're doing it. They just teach them the mechanics of it. They're like, hey, and if your player's close to you, you just roll the ball to them. They're like, okay, cool. Player's close to me, I roll the ball. But like, Kaylin, obviously there's a purpose for this. And you know, and you can use it as a, as a method of disguise and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, I think I've never talked about it so much in my life. <laughs> and honestly, like this year with Dan, and he's challenged me to to use it as a tool that really beats beats pressure and beats teams. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I really didn't think about. And um, now I am, and I'm, I'm seeing it a little bit more in, in the game and, and why I'm doing it and what benefit it actually does have. Like, we know that the throw is powerful, but – it, it's it could bounce and it, it it might not get over the people you want it to get through and I think we can also use it as like a disguise um, we always talk about like what kind of disguise can I put on it what kind of deception can I add to my game in order to move the other team and it's definitely been one of those tools that I didn't even realize I was using just like a little I, I maybe I really wanted to play that that midfielder through and so I, I was ready to go and I see the forward t- tucking in I hold on to it and now it opens you know, one of my outside backs or my center back or even higher up the field because she just tucked in. Um, So it's definitely something I never really put too much thought into until now. Yeah, you know, it's funny because, like, um, I think that there was a space in there that, like, all of that was kind of lost. (laughs) (laughs) We were like, feet, we got to get better with our feet. Yeah, it's like everybody would roll the ball to themselves and then kick it, and even if it was short. And I was just like, why are you doing that? Like, just – throw it or bowl it like and then so I would set up small goals and I'd be like all right we're gonna we're gonna do that you roll the ball to yourself after like pulling that across something and now I want you to hit the small goal and like pretty much not not hitting the small goal you know it's like a lot of misses near misses and stuff like that and then I'm like okay now I want you to take the cross down now I want you to bowl the ball or I want you to, to, to throw the ball and everything hits the goal and I'm like what's more effective right now like you know in a, this short distance and more accurate, more effective that you control and le- less steps. Like you're not yeah. standing, you're not rolling the ball. Everybody's watching you roll the ball, then kicking the ball. Right. There's a quicker transition in it. The ball's in your hands. So it's a quicker transition. I like it. Yeah. Sorry. I'm old no, school, it definitely. So. I agree. I think I didn't think about it. And then like, even at training or even training at TKI, like we'd get into like competitions or something and it would get into, okay. And then put it down and distribute. And I would get so competitive where I would like, why would I put it down? It's right there. I'm just going to roll it in and I'm going to get a point. Mm-hmm. And like, I would cheat, I would cheat the game. Cause you know, you were supposed to distribute, like put it down or, but nobody ever specified what the distribution was. It was just make the save and distribute. So I'd be like, this is 10 times easier. I'm going to get a free point. Yeah. I'm, I'm making sure my team wins. Oh, okay. Well, you're that, <laughs> Everybody's you're like that, practicing. You're that, you're, so you're that. Oh, kid. figure yeah. out how to win. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I would be like so upset when I lose, even in training. Like, I'm like, oh, like that's not cool, man. That's we would play, we would play small sided and I would, I would kill it because I would throw and I would like, oh yeah. I throw and so I would much just in small sided. Find me a, find me a, find this. And I'd just be like, boom, boom, boom. And just be like, quick chance. Oh, there's no offside. I'm like right in behind. Yeah. Just up it in behind. Goal. You guys keep rolling that ball to yourself and try to kick it. <laughs> I just scored five goals on you in that chance in that time. Up, oh, last oh, comment. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> he should be on this. Yeah. World's best bowler of the ball. She bowls at a pace that is like a pass. Look at that. It is, help, it is helpful Butt. in transition. It's definitely helpful in transition. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> 
Um, but 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 I, I want to ask you about that too, Kalen, because the thing is, is that I think that a lot of a lot of goalkeepers they think of the fact that anything with the hands they look at as like, oh, that this is a last resort. Like, you know, like, oh, a bowl is a last resort. Nothing was open, so I'm defaulting to just playing the ball to this person right over here type of a thing. I think you know, we just, I- like, think that that's not as, like, spectacular. Like, we we see – I don't – like, if you actually are watching – I mean, I have the Euros on right now, so I can yeah. literally watch. Yeah. But, um, if <laughs> oh, like, you're, you're – they're bowling a lot. And Absolutely. I think we just like we we play it off as like, oh, it's not really that like impressive as a, of a skill, because if you put it down and you ping it to the seven, like that's a pretty impressive. Like you just played over, you know, six or seven people. See, and I think and the funny thing for me is I think if you can we'll t- just go to throwing in itself, I think if you can one hop it. <laughs> Like into midfield. I mean, if you bowl it through the midfield, you bypass yeah. the like the important players and, that you really and you need can to do it, And you can do it right on their run. You can yeah. lead them. Everything. I think that's incredibly impressive. I'm like, all right, nice arm. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's do. Let's do this. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna pull up, pull up a clip right here of Kalen bowling, <laughs> oh. and let's. Uh... <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if it was like bowling, bowling? Yeah, it was like <laughs> actually like I was hitting strikes all day. Hold on. <laughs> What do you say? Neither am I, by the way. Neither exposed. am I. Oh <laughs> Neither am I. It's those holes in the ball, and I yeah, I, I, I'd rather I just palm it. Yeah, exactly. Oh if I could just palm it and roll it, I totally agree. <laughs> the holes throw me off. The holes throw me off. Uh, for those of you guys who are listening to the audio, she just put in, she's actually not good when you get to the bowling hell. She always asks for the bumpers. I don't ask for the bumpers. I'm too competitive for that. But I'm definitely not the best at bowling. <laughs> And I think okay. everybody thinks you're going to be, yeah. and that's like the worst. They always are like, "Oh, you're a goalkeeper. This is what you do. You're going to be great. Like, you should bowl." I'm like, and oh, yeah. um, I just want to throw it as hard as I can at yeah. them. So no, it's, <laughs> it's actually the complete opposite. I totally agree. I'm so bad at bowling. <laughs> okay, I want. Okay, I gotta. I gotta find these. Where the heck did it? <laughs> If anybody what doesn't is- know, Sweden or Switzerland and Spain are tied. It's fine. <laughs> oh, they are tied right now. Yeah, eighty minute. <laughs> I know Mike has a very bad habit. Well, look, okay, look, I, uh, this I was my fault. This, this was, was Kalen's fault. fault. This one was I'm my fault. My people are like, well, they're like, people been commenting. They've been like, they've been reaching out to me, and they've been like, hey, you guys haven't been doing a lot of shows lately. I'm like, I there's like <laughs> there's there's a, an international tournament on. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Well, you got to love that they miss our show. Yeah, that's it. That's nice. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a good thing. That's that's a good even, thing. Though, even though that's the a, Euros are on. I'm actually even though the Yeah. Even though the Euros are on, yes. Um, and, okay, well, no, that is not that is not working. Okay, hold on one, <laughs> hold on one second here. Ah, that's God, okay. She's it. watching the game. So. I know. All right, well, let me know when you're ready. They're taking yeah, the I'm watching. I'm taking Shakiri off. Why? <laughs> I'm watching over here, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, Sweden's right. playing with ten men. What? Switzerland. Yeah. yeah. Switzerland. Switzerland. Sorry. Like two minutes. Yeah. Ago don't say that again. Right? Don't say that. Don't say sorry. that. I Tuesday I was doing my comedy show and someone was like, "So you're uh you're, you're rooting for Sweden, right?" And the guy's like, "Switzerland." And they're like, "Oh yeah, okay, sorry. So they're not. <laughs> they're not big fans of. They're not Oops. big fans of that. Okay. So let's. Uh, <laughs> all right. So now video file. They can get over it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now can everybody see? Yes. 
Okay, beautiful. Okay. So I think this is the situation that's going on right here. Uh, I think. Who's see, there's a person five uh, a yard. Roll it to her. Roll it to her. Okay, so see, now you're creating depth, Kaylin, it looks like, <laughs> by just kind of backing up right there. So everyone thinks you're going to go long right here, right? So you look at. So now the team starts jumping, right? That, that team starts jumping. And then, well, I'll just play it in, in, in long time so everybody can kind of see. And then it's just a simple bowl right there and then a pass back right there. We'll play it one more time in real time. Yeah, I think the beginning of this one, it's like that little, like I look at Jen, who's our other six or our yeah. eight, who's deep. And it moves sync. You can see their, their 10 kind of take two steps to her left when you play it on. And it opens yeah. Allie a little bit, which if I think we can, it just... Even if she bounces it, it moves people. So she shifts, and it, I think Allie can even turn here. But even yeah. if she bounces it, it opens people up because now that, that seven's coming to me. Yeah. Yeah. Let's play one more time. So here again, you're dropping back. Everyone assumes you're going big. The team jumps, and then that opens up that gap right there. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I mean, I think that that's showing bowling with purpose, in my opinion. <laughs> Everyone's like, uh, we're watching the game. <laughs> everyone's like yeah they're like sure 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 so it, it's wait no it definitely right yeah it creates like a little bit more movement for the other team which opens people up anytime that you move the other team it creates a pocket somewhere you just got to find it yeah, yeah absolutely i mean i think that's like uh i think that's like a, a really important thing you know Suski, if I, if I can take you away from the game for one second right there um because that <laughs> what are you talking about okay. <laughs> I take responsibility. I'm just gonna start looking everywhere. Oh, Taylor, Monday we were doing the show with uh, Luis Barasa from NYCFC, and uh, and uh, it was the, during the PK shootout. Oh, so, bad oh time! Oh. I know, and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, oh. oh. And then someone's like, top hands. I was like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> so I tried to be, I tried to be appropriate about it. I tried to keep the TV off today. Um, honestly, I just forgot to turn on the TV is really what happened. It's like, I it's woke okay. up this morning I and I scrambled to try to get ready for this, <laughs> you know, cause I'm, I'm not good at waking up early. Uh, and yes, I considered this early. Okay. That's a, that's a, I, that's a sad yeah. state. Yeah, I had a rough. I, I was rough getting up too, but for other reasons, really. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, we won't get in. We won't get into. We won't get into that. Uh, shout out to Angel City for a great party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a tired man. <laughs> hey, you went, you went through it all. You can enjoy yeah, it now. That's, that's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> um. I, I, Kaylin, I have, I have a question for you. Like what, what kind of like when you're, when you're watching kind of like the young kids at TKI and stuff like that, and when you're working, you know, with the, with the kids yourself as well too, what's kind of like outside of just p passing the responsibility, like what's one of the other main mistakes you kind of see when they're playing the ball short? Um, I think what happens after you play the ball, it's mm -hmm. where, where's your supporting angle? What, what kind of information are you giving them? Um, it's, it's not just passing the responsibility as in like moving the ball into pressure for them to, to not have anything, but like, how can you be more supportive once you've played that ball? So once I play that ball into alley, like I want it back, I'm here if you need me, right. um, I'm dropping two yards just to give myself a little extra space if she does need me. And then I can be better for the next player. Um, I think we kind of like pass it into pressure sometimes. And then we forget that like, we're the 11th player on the field. Like we need to be supporting and be helpful. So I think that's just something like once you pass the ball, your your job's not done. Absolutely. Yeah. 
No, and I mean, I, I think that's like a really, really good point because that off the ball movement can really change everything. I mean, I think that you like, might not even get it back, but you could draw a forward. I feel like a lot of times now in our league, like people know that our defenders might want to use me. And so they come and they pre- they get ready to pressure me, which opens up our opposite side center rack. And we're, yeah, it's actually I mean, easier to get out. It changes what they have to do yeah. and, how, and how they have to do. I mean, we have that with, cause we use Lauren so much at UCLA and she's so good with her feet that like it changes. And that's a good thing. Now yeah. you're, mani- now you're manipulating what their forwards are doing, the pressure they have to put, who they have to, if they know you're not going to play it through your goalkeeper, then that, that makes their job easier. They're like, great. I'll just play on the center backs. And stand yeah. on that. Like, Absolutely. it's just, we're not up a man. We can hundred percent be up a player. If, we just kind of shift a little bit and either draw pressure or create space. Absolutely. I think for me, the kids, I think for me, it's the casualness, casualness. It's that kind of flippant, like, Oh, here's the ball stuff. It drives me crazy. We got to be like those players we're annoyed with who want the ball too much. Like give me the ball back. Like I'm giving it to give it back to me. Yeah. I'm like, if you're going to do something, do it professionally, do it with with purpose. Don't just go like, Oh, here's the ball. I think that's, but I think that's one of the biggest problems is I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of young goalkeepers, they, they play in like spurts, you know, and spurts yeah. of activity. And like, it's like when I have the ball, when I want the ball, every, you know, when I'm, when I'm saving a ball, other than that, I'm passive. I'm a passive spectator of the game. And, you know, Kaylin, you even talked about the fact that like, you know, they were worried for you, you know, last year at the challenge cup, because, when they put the GPS on you, you were moving like as much as the outfield players. You know? Yeah. And so they were yeah. like, "Hey, what's what's are you okay there? Everything." I right? think yeah. I think Didi had the same thing in in this Challenge Cup. Like I've had it in this in the season. I mean, even if a player plays seventy minutes, like ideally we're not running more than them. Right. Yeah. But sometimes you are, and it's just that extra couple like hard steps to give to give pre- or give space and open up space for yourself or open up space for your center back or even just draw the attention of their midfielders and that allows our midfielders to turn. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the same thing our forwards are doing. Sometimes it's thankless running, but it, it actually impacts the game a lot. So I want to, I want to play this clip right here. Uh, and I think you can kind of walk us through this. I think this might get be against Portland right here, but again, yeah, it's, yeah. it's another example right here, short form distribution. You see the chase coming in at you right here. Well, we'll play it in real time. Chase coming in. See, just a simple ball right there. And then, but that's, that's that off that ball movement. See that off the ball movement we're talking about kids right there is that yeah, the second you played much, that ball. Look at how much that pass draws that player. And now that opens up her, her outside back. Like mm-hmm. that player goes to you. Now, now you just have an easy outlet with that pressure. One, two out the other side and, and you guys are out and under control. Yeah. I think like a big thing that, you know, at TKI and even Dan, like they all challenge me to, as I'm playing that ball in, like I'm putting my arm out. That's where you need to go. Like, I don't want it. She needs it. She's wide open. Yeah. And like, sometimes you play that ball and you're like showing or you're like, okay, figure it out. Like you can turn maybe, but you're not giving like important direct information. I think that visual is something that we talk about a lot. Like you can, you can be verbal, but you can also be very visual. And with midfielders, they don't have a ton of time. So if you're playing your six, you're playing your eight, like they don't have time to take as many looks as you might want them to sometimes. So especially if you want them to play on one, you need to like let them know as soon as possible. 
But I think I like the fact to say that you not only so here, right here, where you're putting your hand out or whatever, but as you put your hand out, you say, no, that play it over. She, she's got it over there. You drop mm-hmm. back to create depth to support as opposed to staying tight there, right there. Because so now you've created a, a much better passing angle if they do need to play the ball back to you right there. And I think a lot of young goalkeepers don't do that. They say, hey, play the ball over there, but they're still moving with the ball too. So they're like, well, what? why do you want me to play the ball over there? You're going there too. Yeah. So if that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you just checking if that made sense? I, I'm, confirmation. I'm checking to make sense. I'm checking to see if everybody's watching the, watching the game. I don't know what's going on here. So. <laughs> I'm I'm all, actually, I'm, I look at, I'm looking at the screen. This means I'm watching the game. <laughs> is it going in extra time? Is it going this means I'm time? watching the game. I know that that means yeah, and this means I'm watching the game. Okay. I can't We're do it. We're 90 minutes, so we'll probably be gone the extra time. <laughs> oh, okay. Look at, look at this. MCD Colossal Keepers asks any tips on teaching the sidewinder technique? Like a sidewall, yeah. Um I'm still working on it too. I think you know it's something that definitely we can bring into the game more. Um, I work on it almost every day of training, honestly. I just hit a few after training. and It's something that I've wanted to, and, like, Jill and Dan have all, like, challenged me to be, you know, that's something that I can be good at and I can bring into my game and, like, an element of my game that I can be um, a little bit more threatening with. Um, for me, it's just about the consistency of of where I drop the ball yeah. um, or where my foot – and where my foot hit makes contact. I feel like the more I make contact under, the obviously, the higher it's going. So it's more just getting my hips up and getting flat on the ball. But if I don't drop it at the right height every time, you know, if I don't get that consistent little toss up and little and know where it's going to make contact, that's where I start to, you know, get under it, get over it. So it's just yeah. really getting consistent with, with the, you know, with the release. Yeah. I, I think that's a big, I think that's huge. Cause you see a lot of kids, it, it, it's too much. They throw it up. They, they throw it up. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you just do made that timing 10 times harder. I'm like, who, who can do that? I'm like, just drop the ball. What are you doing? Like, yeah. And it's, it's it. about getting those hips up and my yeah. hips are tight. That's my favorite. It's the toss. I'm like, do you it's know how this. much era can happen? How many bad yeah. things can happen while that's coming down right now? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I find like, it's actually like I practice over the shorter distance so that, it's more consistent. Like at the end of training, like we'll hit like 15 back and forth just over like 15 yards and maybe get to 20 yards. And I try to like hit the crap out of it sometimes. And that's just, it's not the best use of it. It's a good, like 20, 30 yard find the chest. Yeah. And, and I, and I want to say that I would say that the sidewinder is kind of like the last bastion of short form distribution as in like, you know, before, like, a ball, on, you know, a player on the outside wide, you know, go, you know, going towards, uh, going towards the sidelines, that sort of a mm-hmm. thing. Um, and just before you're getting to midfield, that type of thing, if you want to get a quick, quick outlet, but it's a, for me personally, it's a rope. It's a, it's a, it's a driven ball, kind of low. Yeah. Lauren yeah. hits a fantastic one in my opinion. Yeah. It's a little unorthodox, but it's fantastic. And it just gets right to the player yeah. right there. So that, that's, like that's the, how I would the, see it. She hits one of the best I've ever seen. By far, uh, but she had to, and I'll tell you, she had to work on it, and work on it, and work on it. And before I came in, I know that Jenny had her just nonstop working on that and her distribution, and she just she put the time in, and the repetitions, for sure. Yeah, and she does it, and she does still every day, 
every day we have there's some form of distribution in our training. Um, I, I've, I've got a question right here, you know, for you, Kaylin, because I think one thing that I see a lot of times, at least at the youth level, is that when it comes to a short ball, a close ball or whatever, it's very linear. It's very straight. Mm-hmm. Um, they're basically forcing the players to move kind of in a grid as opposed to be natural with their movement playing. I don't see a lot of diagonal short balls by, by young goalkeepers. I see it's just uh, straight up, straight down, straight side, blah, blah, you know. Do you think it's because we're not coaching them enough on it? Or do you think it's just because they're just so used to just up, down, left, right, that type of motion as opposed to the whole 360 degrees? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it could be just the way that they're like trying to think is the safest, you know, like directly to the player instead of maybe into the space or maybe challenging their players. It could also just be, you know, like the setup of your players. Like you want them to move. And if they're just like directly in front of you, like you got to think, is this the most beneficial way for them to, to get up the field? And if I play a straight ball to somebody who's facing back to me, most of the time my intention is to get it back. Yeah. Um, most of the time, if I'm playing a directly straight ball, that's like at somebody's feet, I'm probably going to get it right back if they have pressure. And I think we start to like look into those, like even slight angle, if I'm leading somebody into that space, it's on an angle. They're not directly in front of the ball. Like it's into the space in front of them. Um, Yeah. I think it could just be like the comfort level of the team or the comfort level of the goalkeeper. Um, But, or in my case, it's intentional. Like I want it back. If I'm playing straight, I probably want it back. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a really good point is that you do, you want to be involved in that play. You know, it's not just, Oh, I'm playing that ball and now you guys are going to do do with it like the reason I'm giving you that ball is because now I'm going to be part of this build out. I'm going to be part of this yeah. this I build like, out. Yeah, the only time I play like a straight ball is if I play it like into into our six, I want it back and I can draw in that pressure and find somebody else. Or if I'm playing off a goal kick with the new rules like we can play into the center back. It's like a really good tool if they're pressing high and we bring them in, we play to the center back and I can just clip it into the outside back right away. Cause they've just decided, Oh, I played to the center back. I'm closing. Right. right? And now they've opened this nice big pocket for me. So it's like most of the time, if I place a flat ball, I'm, I'm getting it back. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I think one of the things that I'm actually just thinking about right now and stuff, I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I think one of the reasons why a lot of kids play those kind of those direct balls right there is because the weight of their passes short, are all over the place. And so they, they start playing balls into space and players don't get to the balls and they get frustrated and stuff like that. And so they go, well, I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's their accuracy, everything. And so it, it's a, yeah, it's again, it's passing the buck. It's a cop. It, like if you're going to, if that's the reason you're doing it, it's um, because you can't play a nice straight flat ball for distance and everything again it's it's you've got to train it you've got to train it under pressure that's another thing that's a big thing like you can take a kid out and you can have them you know pass and pass and pass and pass and pass and pass but what what are what are their decisions and how are they doing it if somebody is coming and pressuring them you know where is their confidence are they still giving a good weighted um short pass Are, are are they doing it properly now that somebody's coming at them and you have to put them under pressure you have to yeah yeah, I mean, because we could just sit there and you could just sit there and pass the ball all day. But yeah. the minute the kid goes under pressure and he falls apart, like, you know. 
or he takes we, on the whole team, we've got to address it. <laughs> man, some great some great questions here, people. Honestly, this is great. Look at this. this so Daniel Flada asked, how might a young goalkeeper Look at his picture. Sorry. <laughs> I love his picture. Is it's Chevy Chase? Chase. It's Chevy <laughs> Chase in, in, um, in vacation. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry, read it again. He goes, uh, I thought that was him in the car. I was no. Like, oh, awesome. Then I got closer. I'm like, that is Chip. That is that is, a, that is a retro picture. Um, how might a young goalkeeper work with her teammates to introduce or communicate aspects of short form distribution at practice? Uh, future uh, goalkeeper coach of the year, Kalen Sheridan. <laughs> First of all, just really quick, Daniel said he's on vacation. That's why he has that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Good sense of humor, Daniel. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think you can. I mean, when you're working with a team like. Anytime you're in practice and you're in with the team, I know like we work a lot on our own as goalkeepers and we kind of have our own little sport within a sport sometimes. But I think anytime that you go back in with your team, like that's an opportunity to work on the communication side of anything. I think just developing those relationships and being really clear um, with what you are expecting from them and what and then asking the question of what they're expecting from you and just getting them used to like the, the language that you use. I know like different goalkeepers use a lot of different language. And I think it's important that they know what that language means. <laughs> um, like I, I like to say home, you know, if I want the ball, like you have home. Cause I think back sometimes gets a little confusing with, with my teammates, just like there might be another player, like they could play the center back back, but I want the ball home is home. <laughs> um, so just being really clear with what each term that you want to use means. And then being really intentional about in practice, what, what is that opportunity for me to use that that short form distribution or the communication in order to achieve that? I think we can do it so much more in practice than we can in a game. We, we get a few opportunities here and there sometimes and they're, they can get scarce. But in practice, a lot of the time, like you're on the ball, even if you're not on the ball, it's using that communication to, to really cultivate, cultivate those relationships with your, your back line. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you just brought up a. By the way, home. I'm stealing that. I don't know. That's awesome. I've never heard that before. I really <laughs> like that one. Uh, I'm I'm going to start telling kids to like say home uh, as opposed. Yeah, I to, think everybody has like their yeah. own one. I just like I think we need to like make sure that we understand. I just realized that like we kept saying back, and they just kept playing our center backs in pressure, and I was like, they think I mean play the center back back. Like they mean player, and this. No, yeah. It just like created a different, like, and we, I learned it here. Like they were already using it in Canada. So I was like, I'm just going to take it and I'm going to make my, all my teammates understand what this means. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I love it right here. Um, all right. I want to play this, uh, this clip right here. Let's see if I can get this uh, onto the screen here. So basically I think what happens right here is Kaylin, you get the ball on a diagonal players chasing in, you see that and immediately, play a ball across like that and it looks like a simple play right there but it's the disguise here that i really like so if we go all the way back kind of to the beginning of the play right here balls played in the chase is immediate you recognize it but before they get too close you still see that that gap space is open and then you and then you play that ball back across Boom, yeah i think like, i like think that. like there's a lot of chance like you have to read the direction of the run from the forward and a lot of times like the forward will run directly at you to prevent that pass back to the, to the center back. But this one was making sure that I didn't take a touch across my body. 
she didn't want me to switch the point of attack. And so just reading that opportunity, like sometimes they'll give you, they're going to give you something every time and you just have to figure out what they're going to give you. So it's that angle of pressure and, and reading it. Cause I do have the outside back here, but you can see as soon as she plays this ball back, the forward changes her run to kind of go into the space rather than directly at me. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then boom. And then now was this a conscious decision based on just the fact that the ball was played more toward you, towards your inside foot than your outside foot to just play it with that one, as opposed to take a touch across and chase it? Cause you didn't know. I think time, this or? actually is a better setup for me to take a touch across. I okay. think it's way better setup for me to like play, take a touch into the space and play the other side. But okay. I think like, as this ball is coming across, everybody's starting to shift. And so it's opening up this side of back again. Gotcha. Gotcha. Soft skinny thoughts. But that's confidence, I think, there. I think a lot of young goalkeepers would mess that up, to be honest with you. <laughs> I do. And I think it's obviously the right play. I mean, you could open up and maybe come across, but I think that's a dangerous ball to send across. And I think that that other forward's just sitting there waiting for you to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's the right play. I think a lot of young goalkeepers would make a mistake on that, personally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I think it's a tough one. I think it's just reading, reading the direction of the run. Like yeah. she gives me that center back because she doesn't want me to take that touch across. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so but so, but so you're saying she's trying to manipulate you. Yeah, she is. Okay. She's trying, they're okay. always, I mean, they're going to take away something, which means they're going to give you something and you just have to figure out what that is. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about this because this is something. What? Throw laws. <laughs> Okay, this is why we don't do podcasts at 10 a.m. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I want to talk about tempo because we've, we talked about this um, not that long ago on a recent podcast and everything like that. But the fact that with the tempo, with a short form ball, you are controlling the tempo. And sometimes Daniel goes hair ball. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. It was probably a hair ball. I have a hair ball. <laughs> um, but but that I think that's the problem is we're talking about the weight of the pass and a lot of young kids they play the ball too quick or they play it too slow or whatever and you've got to read the tempo of the game and how fast does your team want to play and, you know and what is what is the right speed in that moment you know like right mm -hmm. there you recognize you do have to play that ball quickly otherwise we're going to be in a situation other times if they'd sat back you're going to take time because if you play that ball too quickly now you're allowing time for them to put pressure on you. Yeah, I think that tempo is another form of communication. Like, how hard do I play that ball in kind of indicates to them what they can do with it. If I play it in really hard, like, they need to play it on one. Like, they don't have time. Um, if I play it in into, like, a leading pass, they have time to turn. I think the, the ball that you give them kind of already tells them what they have potential to do with it. And then you're just adding the specifics verbally mm -hmm. or, or physically. Well, on, guys, I know, I know everybody wants to watch. Did it go into extra time? Because I don't yeah. want to spoil it for it. Okay, so I'm going to watch extra time. So I know uh, I know everybody's got a, a busy schedule. So we'll start wrapping up right here. Uh, Kaylin, thank you for for doing this while the Euros are going on. Honestly, that, <laughs> that means a lot, lot, lot for us. You know, and we're sorry it took so much time to find a time. <laughs> no, 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 no worries. Uh, you know, we'll wrap up in a second because we want to talk to you a little bit off off air real quickly before uh, before we get going here. Um, if anybody there wants to uh, to follow your journey uh, in uh, in the Olympiad. Uh, as, as it's as it's going to be uh where is the best place on social media yeah definitely um my instagram kaylin sheridan um i'm going to do my best i'm not the best social media but i've been challenged by many people to definitely do better especially in this journey because i think it's something that 
people don't really get to see. Yeah. No, Especially I, I, in a COVID year. <laughs> very true. I think you do. I think you do a pretty good job and you're a pretty, pretty darn amazing personality, coach, player, all that sort of stuff. So the world can benefit from, uh, from, from your acumen. Uh, <laughs> um, obviously guys, you can follow uh, Suskia Weber at Suskia underscore Weber. Um, make sure you're following Angel City FC as well too. Uh, Suskia, I don't know if you want to shout out their, uh, their handle there, but now with the, now things are really starting to ramp up out there. So there's probably going to be a lot more events coming up, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything's at We Are Angel City. Um, you can also go to angelcity.com to get your new swag if there's any left. <laughs> <laughs> if Suskia didn't take it all. If Suskia didn't take it all. <laughs> Obviously, guys, if you have a guest suggestion or topic suggestion, at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social media platforms or contact at insidethe18media.com. If you want to reach out to me directly, at Michael Majid. I will be at uh, Dirty Nellies in Costa Mesa headlining. Uh, that sounds like a weird name for a place, but that's the name of the place. Uh, so obviously my career is going great. Those are the names of the places I'm playing at. Oh, I'm also will be at the Mint next Tuesday uh, with uh, Suskia Weber. Down uh, the street. Eight, with me down the street. And she'll be there. <laughs> I'm like, um, you don't want me at your show, Mike. <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, oh, hold on. We're going to play this last, this last comment right here before we get off the air. From MCD Colossal, Kaylin Canadian Keepers Rock with all those yeah. emojis. Yeah. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Love it. Love Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, guys. That's all the time on Inside the 18, and we are out. Later, guys. I just played the wrong thing. There we go. All right. And we are out. Later, guys. It's too early for Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we move on to our next segment, want to remind you all to subscribe, like, and follow at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social medias, including YouTube, where fully edited vodcasts are housed with exclusive clips. The more followers we get, the more we can give back to the GK community. Let's all keep paying the knowledge forward, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from Hollywood, California. With me, you know her as 99 World Cup winner, and also, by accident, I muted her as I started playing the intro. It's, it's probably a good thing you did, else you would have had to find those beeps. <laughs> oh my gosh. You would have so, had edit beeps in. Well, beep, beep, beep. I'm telling you. For those of you guys who are not watching this live right now, uh, we are recording this uh, right while France and Switzerland are in extra time in the Euros uh, in the round of 16. Uh, not ideal, not ideal timing to uh, to do a live podcast, uh, but uh, but we get, we're going to make it happen. Everybody can mute it in the background. We can watch it. Maybe we'll give some live in-game commentary on what's going on. And somebody that knows a little bit about that is the one and only Pro GK Academy himself, Las Vegas Lights goalkeeper coach, Omar Zini. What's up, dude? What's up, guys? Luis, pleasure to have you, man. Thank you, guys. Well, I, think were... I, intro, I introed him already. Sorry, Mike. 
No, that's okay. You didn't give him the proper intro, though, dude. You didn't give him the proper intro. Uh, guys, uh, our guest panelist today is NYCFC goalkeeper Luis Barraza. Uh, Luis, this is awesome, man. I'm really excited about this because uh, I think the first time Omar and I met you in person was right after you got drafted in Chicago. And uh, that was kind of a whirlwind, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was probably one of the best days of my life uh, to this day, too. So um, it was amazing. I do remember talking to, to Omar and you um, that day. Um, it was it was great. So it's good to good to chat to you guys again. I mean, dude, honestly, like, I mean, you've 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 grown so much since that day. I remember like when Omar shuffled you in to the uh, to the podcast setting. And I think Woody, I think Woody for the comms from NYCFC, I think he was the guy who was right there. And he's like, you guys got five minutes with him. And Luis, you're like, oh, man, how many of these are going to have to have to do all day today? And then we started chatting. And I think at one point he started giving like this signal, like you guys got to wrap it up and stuff like that, because uh, yeah. it was on to the uh, the next moment, man. So this is going to be a little bit more of a casual conversation. Cool. No, it's a good question. Uh, were you in uh, Oakland for a little bit? Did I see that on your Instagram? Yeah. Yeah, I was actually there for a couple of weeks. I went on loan for a couple of games over there, played two to full 90 um, in the game. So uh, I'm back. I'm back with the team. Happy to be back. Yeah, man, I wish you guys would have waited a little bit longer. We play, we play you guys July. Or, <laughs> I don't know if you even identify as an Oakland root guy, but, you know, we play you guys July 9th. So it would have been nice to, to finally link, uh, link up. But you play with my buddy Tark Murad. He's, I grew up with him. So, oh, awesome. uh, yeah, yeah. I saw him, like, comment on yourself. I'm like, how do you guys know each other? And then I found out. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, it makes sense. But that's awesome, man. How was how were those games for you? Or is it, I mean, uh, uh you game you 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 put out the twos? Um Yes. Wait, what was the question? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Omar, so Omar, were, Omar, you, were you watching the game? No, no, is <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. does NYCFC have a NYCFC have a second? NYCFC doesn't no, have a two doesn't have a two. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Got it, got it, okay. Omar yeah, doesn't I, I got kind of confused. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm just so used to saying the twos and like yeah, Galaxy, no, no LAFC, everybody. Yeah, no worries, I, no worries, man. I think I think the funniest thing about that is like he's like, were you playing with the twos? And he's like, no, dude. That's why I flew across the country <laughs> to get matches <laughs> during the international break. Otherwise, I would have just hopped over to like Hoboken or wherever wherever we would be playing NYCFC two games. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Um, well, you know, it's 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 funny, you know, talking about that loan thing, kind of before we kind of get into this whole topic and stuff, you know, because Saskia and I, you know, we've we've had this conversation about how important it is for young goalkeepers, you know, coming into the professional game to get matches wherever they can. And even if it's ha having to leave your parent, parent team, you know, Saskia, I mean, I know that's something that you've encouraged a lot of, a lot of younger goalkeepers. Oh, I mean, right before the 99 World Cup, uh, we had chosen the team. Well, the team was being chosen. I, we were in uh, New Jersey. We just played China in a pregame at Giant Stadium. And um, I had been told I'd made the team, and so had Lori Fair, I think. And so I got to stay home because I'm from Jersey. He's like, stay home, spend time with your, your family and stuff like that. And the team went on to North Carolina to pick the third goalkeeper. Um, so in the break, in before the World Cup, um, I was sent to Mexico to play with the under-21 team. <laughs> Mind you, I was 28. So No, I was 27. I was 30, 28. And I went to play. I went to play just to get extra games in as the second goalkeeper and, and get those games in when you can and with whom you can and however you can. And the under-20 um, 
one, the under 20 team was playing against the full Mexican national team as their, you know, warm up and stuff like that. So um, it was good. I went, I got one game in, I got Montezuma's revenge, came back sick as a dog. It was awesome. <laughs> like, but it is what it is. I was glad I got the, the game in and stuff, but you have to, you have to kind of like suck up your humility and be and and everything and say what's most important. And that's game experience. You know, and I think that's a, that's a really valuable point right there that Suski that you said about, you know, having that humility, having, you know, and one thing Luis that people always say about you is how humble you are, you know, and like when when you hear of these opportunities and you're like, you know, to go play in USL and, and all that sort of a thing, you know, I, I know you're not the type of guy who's like, oh, well, you know what, I. I'm, I'm above that or, you know, I'm better than that type of a thing. You're like, no, you know, I'm going to go there. It might be a challenge because the level might be a little bit different than what I'm used to in regards to who's playing in front of me, but I'm only going to grow from it, you know? Exactly. And I think um, that was the mindset that I took when I went to Oakland. You know, it's um, being in New York and having all the facilities here, the fields, like that's all I knew about the professional level. I go out there and, and it's it's just different the, the, the way uh, the leagues are. But I'm never going to show up somewhere and be like, oh, it's not MLS or it's not first division. Like, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's pro soccer and it's a chance for me to develop. And the team is giving me that opportunity. So I uh, just got to be grateful for that, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and honestly, I think one of the reasons why, you know, you kind of are humble like that, you know, I think Omar and I, you know, we've discussed this and everything like that is that, you know, you, you came through, you know, Real Salt Lake, you know, you were in, in Arizona uh, at the academy. And then, you know, instead of going the professional route, you know, you decided to go to college and, you know, you kind of made yourself a name for yourself, you know, at Marquette. I know, Omar, that's kind of where you kind of first really started tracking Luis because of his unreal foot skill that he had at the collegiate level. Oh my God. Yeah. I kind of, that's when I realized, I mean, a lot of players nowadays can strike the ball right foot, left foot, but usually their weak foot is just to clear the ball and, you know, get it above uh, people's heads. And well, I saw Luis, your highlights, man. And I remember going, Oh my God, this guy can put it right foot, left foot. You don't even know which foot you are. So, I mean, just, it was, it was something that caught my eye super, super early and uh, shared it on my channel. And people were just like, okay, well, I feel very much inferior. I don't know. I probably should go to college now just so I can work on my left foot a little bit more. I'm not ready for the pro. So it was definitely a good uh, uh, opportunity for a lot of young kids out there to know that, like, you shouldn't have a weak foot. And I'm sure with NYC, you know, the way that their style of play, how, like, how big has that been for you, kind of, like, adjusting to that? You know, I mean, you, you bring up a really good um, example where, like in college uh, and growing up, you know, I um, I started playing as center back uh, when I was eight. So that's why um, uh, I was able to, or it was easier for me to play with my feet uh, growing up. Um, but, uh, but for me, the past two years here have been so, so good because I've been able to learn from guys like Sean, guys like Brad. I, I think I saw um, Rob's interview uh, with you guys and he said, like, yeah, you can get guys playing the ball with their left, with their right, and, like, it, it, it's, of, it's of no use if you don't know what to do with the ball, when to do uh, when to do it, you know? So I think the last two or three years have been really uh, important for me in that, in that aspect. You know, I mean, I, yeah. I love the fact that you just brought that up because that's something, something that Suskia has been saying consistently over and over and over again. Because you, you've talked about it, Suskia, how many young kids work on their weak foot, but then they don't understand how to, how, how, to, how to utilize it. They just work on the technical skills, but they don't work on when to use these skills. Yeah, well, I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you can ping a ball, 
but when and why, you know, and are you doing it in the right situations for the right reasons, um, expecting a certain result, or are you just hitting it? Hey, coach, look, I can kick a, you know, 60-yard goal kick. Great. But what's the point to it? Where are you putting the ball? Like, you know, should you have gone short? You went long, you know, you, you have to – There, it's the same as a field player. You have to have a purpose to what you're doing. Um, so that the outcome is getting the ball into the other team, into your attacking third and scoring a goal. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Luis, like, um, this is not a question and answer show. So feel free to step in anytime. Like we're just going to have a discussion. So like, feel free, like if you want to interrupt Omar, like we do it all the time because okay. he, uh, yeah, he, he's very long winded. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll just start, he'll just start talking about, uh, the, um, uh, Vegas lights and you know, there are If you see me go like this, <laughs> that's, that's the indication to interrupt Omar. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's kind of, kind of get into this topic right here, guys. Uh, today's topic is going to be, you know, kind of becoming a student of the game. And Luis, I love the fact that you brought up this topic because I think it's something that is consistently brought up uh, by coaches, by parents, um, by maybe sometimes even other players. But then there's like no guidance given. There's no template given and everything like that. So, you know, players are just kind of left to their own devices. So kind of, you know, what do you mean in your in your own mind? What do you mean by student of the game? Well, you know, I think uh, when I say student of the game is uh, not only um, learning from your coaches in practice um, and, and doing the drills and, and, and knowing where to be, is also asking questions and then revisiting uh, your practice with video because we, we get our video um, right after practice, they send it to us. Um, so for me, the past, like I said, two, three years, it's always asking questions and then coming back home and then watching practice again and see where I can get better, uh, see little things. So that's been a big uh, part of my uh, development here. Dude, I, I love the fact that you just, just brought that up right there because I think that that independent study thing, you know, um, I, I know Omar, I know obviously you do your breakdowns and everything like that and you do your analysis, but one of the things that I really love about what you do, especially when you were in the, um, you know, private environment, was you kind of gave your players homework. And Suski, I know that you've also been really big with that with your collegiate players. You know, it's it's not about like, you know, your training ends, you know, at the end of the day at, on the field. Like, no, you, you've got to go and you got to do put, put working on your own. Yeah, I mean, I feel that, um, I didn't know who the, don't worry, Omar's was, watching the game. Don't worry, Omar's watching the game. Omar, Everyone's watching one the game. of those broad rhetorical questions again, Mike. <laughs> um, and me and Omar were like, well, you answer so I can keep watching. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel that for me, yes, um, you know, your, your studying in a sense doesn't end on the field or in practice when you, you clock in and clock out. You know, not if you want to take it to the next level. For me, being a student of the game is that for the next level is really understanding as a goalkeeper how to manipulate the situation in front of you. It's, how, it's a chess game. It's how to move your pieces and how to manipulate the... Oh. And how to manipulate, and how, to manipulate the, um, how the attack's coming um, towards you, how to make it the most easiest and best situation for yourself and your defense to break to break it down, to not have to make a save. And if you do have to make a save, it's the easiest save. And that comes from like like learning and learning um, which way to force people, what systems people are playing and everything. And that's what being a student of the game is um, it, to me, not just not just um, 
not not in kind of like a super like a broad spectrum of like you know watch you can watch yourself all you want but if you don't understand what's going on in front of you um you're going to be watching yourself pick the ball out of the back of the net yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm even going to use an example of what's going on right now. You know, obviously, it's like, you know, Jan Sommer, you know, just, uh, you know, Mbappe took a shot and, you know, Jan Sommer had his near post covered and the ball went off frame or whatever. He manipulated the movement of that play so that Mbappe did not have an angle on goal. And therefore, when that shot was hit, you know, it went it went wide, you know. And, and I think a lot of young goalkeepers, Luis, need to learn that that is just as good as a save and that they need to watch – not just the moments, Omar, I know you've been really big about this, but don't worry, Luis, you're going to answer this one. Um, <laughs> on, on making sure that, you know, players are watching, you know, the shots that also go off frame. Right, right. And it's, um, it's something that almost goes unappreciated or unseen, but just the little details, you know, uh, being at the right, in the right position at the right place at the right time, like it's, it's so monumental when it comes to winning or losing games or winning a challenge or whatever, you know, if you're in the wrong spot and the ball comes like, and, and you're in the wrong spot, you're done. You're done. Like it's, it's such a small margin uh, at this level that um, you really need to be cued in and know exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it. No, no. I think, you know, the, the point you made earlier about, you know, watching film and, and, I think early on in my coaching career, I always stopped the session or I always wanted to you know, watch the video and I was the one explaining to them, hey, this is what you did wrong. Uh, let's fix this and this and this. Now I'm at the point now, even today in the session I trained. Uh, uh, Luis, do you know Alex Rando? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was actually, he trained with us here a couple of years ago when he was at the Okay, yeah. yeah. I remember, yeah. So he, so he and I, so he's at uh, you know, Vegas with us and he was, it was just a one-on-one session today. And... Uh, normally I would just say, Hey, this is what I'm looking for in, in recovery movements. And I asked him today, I was like, okay, so in, in, in situations that you're, you're, you know, recovering back to your goal, uh, for you physically, what are certain triggers that you feel make you ready? And then also too, what are the triggers that you're seeing from the striker that influence your movement? And I let him talk and he made some great points about how physically, you know, cause he's taller and he's sit a little bit lower. And then cause he's taller, he likes to, you know, advance himself a little bit more. So now I'm learning more about the, the player that I'm coaching and they're able to actually express what's on their mind. And now we have a conversation again versus me just, you know, teaching them. Now yeah. I'm getting taught, I'm getting, I'm being taught again, what they're thinking about in certain moments. So now if they make a mistake or there's a goal that's conceded, I can actually offer advice based on what they've already told me about themselves. And now I feel like there's, we're meeting halfway in terms of like studying the game and studying those movements together. And that's really important because um, like, no one goalkeeper is gonna, or no two goalkeepers are gonna be the same. Like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna do things different than Brad uh, did uh, last year. I'm gonna do things different than Sean's, than what Sean's doing right now. So, uh, I'm never gonna do or move like he does. But as long as we understand the basic principles of positioning, it doesn't matter how we do. Like, we have our own style. Like, that's that's all that matters. So, I think that's yeah. really important to understand that no two goalkeepers are gonna be the same. Like, they're gonna be different uh i talk about sometimes 1v1s that are going away from goal that trailing leg that can support you um and i remember as a uh, goalkeepers that i played with who were a little bit taller so they can advance or sorry they can stay a little bit deeper because that trailing leg still covers the post but i always knew okay when it's a 1v1 this taller goalkeeper is going to have the trailing leg they can sit a little bit deeper because i'm not as tall okay it's still a 1v1 but now i'm advancing myself a little bit more so it's the same like fundamental conversation in terms of the piece that you're talking about 1v1s but now it's about okay now you look at your own profile 
And like you said, Luis, is like understanding your profile versus the guy who you're, you know, trying to learn from or people you're trying to take examples from and then adjusting that and filtering it to what you can do as a goalkeeper. And then that, from there, I think that's when you're really studying not only yourself but other people. And I think that's the best way to, to, to learn on the field. And that's – sorry, sorry, Mike. Go ahead. No, no, go, go, Luis. This is you, man. It's all <laughs> about you. Gonna, I was just going to say, like, and that's, that's also a big part of my learning process. You know, like a lot of, a lot of people have told me or they tell me they're like, Luis, like, wouldn't, wouldn't you rather, like, go and play games? I'm like, yes, like, I would love to play. But for me, I, I think I have developed so much more here just uh, learning from Brad, learning from Sean, learning from Rob, like, like just little nuances of the game is just like, to me, how the game was at Marquette and how the game is now for me is it's a totally different ball game because um, since I was younger, I was always able to like, you know, play the game and, and play passes and make saves. But when you, when you learn, tactics and when you get when you study uh deep into this like mm -hmm. it, it's just a totally different ball game at the end of the day and and once you learn that once you get that it's it's you you enjoy it so much more yeah yep. you know and i i love the fact that you you said that luis in regards to you know first off about enjoying and second of all in regards to yeah you want to play but you also have to recognize, you know, what you're getting out of it. I mean, Saskia was even just given the example, you know, of, of when, you know, when she was an, even an older goalkeeper and, and stuff like that is, you know, there were younger goalkeepers kind of coming through that system or whatever. And it was important for those younger goalkeepers to be in those environments too, and learn from those goalkeepers, because as we all know, you know, uh, it, it, it takes time. It takes time, especially at the professional level, Saskia, you know, for, well, <laughs> for you to be ready. I'm so old. I was the oldest goalkeeper. So there was no person to learn from. <laughs> That's not true. Um, Kim Maslin, uh, Cam Adamer, um, <laughs> like there, there were a couple not that much older than me, though. Um, but uh, no, you have to you have to put your time in and, there, and any any young goalkeeper that comes in and is arrogant enough to think that they know it all is ridiculous. Um, and, and like Louis said, like you, as you start to understand this game, it becomes more fun it, because in our position, it, it kind of slows down in a way. Like it, it's not as chaotic as it was when you were in college and, and everything like that. Like it, it, you see the, the sport differently in my opinion um, and, and the position differently and what's unfolding in front of you differently. And that comes with experience and it comes with, playing behind Brad and it comes with, for me playing behind and it comes with me playing. And, um, and so I think that, you know, there's something to be said about that. And, and, and you are going to learn a lot from those older goalkeepers and, and um, you know, that's why goalkeepers get better with age. And I know that that's a weird statement, but people, a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, we talked about the 18-year-old or whatever who's six, seven, who's coming up, and I'm like, oh, we'll see how he is in five years, six years. I mean, dude, honestly, like Luis, I mean, I've seen your, you know, progression. You know, obviously, since when you came up from, you know, from Marquette to NYCFC, and I think, I think your kind of your 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 kind of your map, you know, I think is something that a lot of young goalkeepers should look at in regards to being a student because you went from being a three to now a two and then eventually you know you're kind of going to get get your shot and is it like is it for you do you feel like that's a more comfortable transition than all of a sudden just one day 
you're a number one in a club and you know, you you're kind of being, you know, baptism by fire. I do believe that um, in some way that jumping into a team and starting right away, it's kind of detrimental to one's career in my, in my opinion, just because like I said, when you, when you're in college, like it, it's, it's one ball game and then you step into this and I'm, I'm just trying to like rethink everything that I've learned in the past two years has just been so much that I don't think in my first year I would have been like able to maybe step in the game and, and help, you know, because I was good, but I didn't understand all these, all these things, you know, um, that I do now. So, yeah. so yeah, for sure. So, so Omar, how do we, how do we set up a template? How do we set up a template to help these young goalkeepers? Because I think a lot of them are kind of, you know, floundering around and they don't know how, what to research and what to see and everything like that. And I know with your channel, you've been really big at trying to give specific bullet points for young goalkeepers to look at. So what are the, some of those kind of key elements in your opinion? Uh, I mean, something that I think you just mentioned about Luis's career is that it's kind of like the progressions have been ideal per se, because it means that he's, you know, if on paper, he should be ready when an opportunity does come. But I mean, how many young kids do we see out there who go through the motions and they said, oh, yeah, you know, by, by my senior year, by my junior year, I'm going to be the starter or by the time, I'm, you know, with the 17s or the 18s in the academy, I'm going to be the starter. And they just kind of go through the motions and not really understand specifics as to why the person that has been waiting is at where they are now. And mm -hmm. I feel like, and you know what yeah. I'm saying? So I feel like there's, 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 not, there's not a rite of passage. So these young kids who are up there, I feel like whether it's the coaching staff or themselves taken under their wing, go watch games, watch games on TV, film your games, and just watch yourself and then just write some bullet points and things that I always say, audit yourself. See what are certain things that the opponent could be writing up on the scouting, you know, scouting report about you. And that's really something that you have to look in the mirror and say like, okay, I need to be serious about, well, I do have a really bad weak foot. So now if I'm the opponent, I'm going to say, when that ball goes back to Omar, you know, force him to his left foot. So now I'm going to go to training sessions and I'm going to design sessions based on my weaknesses. And I yeah. think for me, for me, that's something that anybody at any age can really take into their own hands. So don't just wait for your coaches to, you know, tell you what you need to do. Obviously they're paid to do that, but at the same time, take accountability. And I said, I always use the word audit, audit yourself understand what somebody could write up against you. And then from there, put some sessions together. And now I promise you, that's what I started doing with my content. I started watching a lot more games. And like, I think it was, uh, who's the goalkeeper, Mike, for Real Salt Lake now? Not Ochoa, but Ochoa? I think, no, no, the second one. Oh, uh, Zach McMath. Yeah, so Zach McMath, I did a breakdown of him. And every time the ball went wide, he cheats so far. Like he's not going to even like pay attention to the near post. But he moves like six yards to the far post because he wants to put himself in a direct line for that ball to be served in. I don't do that, but I'm watching it. And I go, what? Like, why would he do that? What, what is that? Oh, he has a man covering the near post, and these are outswingers. So now, again, that's something that I'm learning and I'm watching. So, again, watch stuff on yourself, but also, too, when you watch games, ask questions. And then from there, go to your coaches with questions versus coming with a blank slate. By okay. the way, uh, sorry. Oh, okay. sorry. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Oh, I was going to say to dial back like uh, 10 minutes ago on Omar's conversation. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, Omar. Um, okay. I, to bring in like like examples of like, look, look at Lauren for UCLA. She sat behind Tegan for two years. Um, and she worked on everything she had to work on, learn from Tegan, um, and 
perfected her distribution, perfected the things she was weak at. And by the time she comes in and starts this year, she's, you know, Pac-12 goalkeeper of the year and an All-American. And had she come in as a freshman, she would, it would have been a very different road for her. She wasn't ready to start. She wasn't, um, she, she would have had to learn on the fly and kind of have probably a lot of hard bumps and and bruises. And I think that actually is, if you utilize the college system properly, I think that actually is a good thing that you can redshirt freshmen, that you can give them some time, that they can kind of get used to the pace and learn and stuff like that. Um, That doesn't happen so much with pro as much. Sorry, that was just my thought. No, I actually, you know, um, kind of jump, jumping into that right there, you know, Luis, obviously, you know, Rob Vartugian over at, over at NYCFC, you know, he's, he's been big in this, in this progression for you, you know, and he, and he's, you know, he's shouted you out in regards to, you know, how much work that you've been putting in and everything like that. Would you say that having a goalkeeper coach who is giving you, you know, kind of these, you know, specific, I don't want to say homework assignments, but kind of, you know, has really, you know, was kind of really has taken you to where you are now and that like, when you were in college, you were kind of more kind of, you, you know, on, on your own. Rob, Rob never, Rob never, um, like pushed me or encouraged me to like do, uh, any like video sessions or like try to learn on my own, but just by the simple, like he expected me to do it. You know what I mean? Like it was like, it was nothing that was, there was nothing said, but I knew, I knew that he expected it. So I was like, okay, like I need to step up my game and I, I need I need to learn on my own I need to because I knew it would, like he wanted me to to take the initiative and to take the accountability like uh like Omar said so yeah so yeah I mean it, it's it's at this level it's it, it's it's up to you it's it's got to be up to you yeah you know which which it sounds a lot like what uh what what Omar and Saskia you know were saying about it you know it's not it's not a hand-holding session you know at the at the professional level and I'm not saying at the college session level it's a it's a it's a hand-holding either Saskia but but again like you said it's just the amount of what's expected of a professional because at the you at the youth level and I still want to call college still the youth level you are still learn let's just say the college level is like you're learning how to become a professional you know mm-hmm. would you, does, does that make any sense yeah, it's look. There's a massive transition period in life as a human being, from going from mom and dad to uh, by yourself to college, whether or you go straight to pro, whatever it is. The pace of the game, um, being responsible for yourself off the field, as well as on the field, and and those are all transition. If you can take a breath and you can actually take your time and learn from people that have gone through it, and and work on your deficiencies across the board, you're just going to become a better player. If you try to jump in full steam, I think we can name multitudes of goalkeepers that have, or field players as well, that have just had so much promise and then totally fizzled out. Yeah, no. And I, and I, and I think that's, that's the key right there is that having the promise and then fizzling out because you're not willing to put that extra type of Or not not knowing how you're too young. Yeah. You don't know how. Yeah, exactly. Hold on. Oh, totally went the wrong way. Um, no, you don't know how. You're you're a child. I'm sorry for anybody out there that thinks they are. And Freddie, you do. Just start naming them off. You're a child. You are. And the minute you think that you know it all, and the minute you think that because you have money in your pocket that you can walk onto a field and play, that's not the truth. There's so much involved in this. It's a life lesson on and off the field. And so yeah, you have to be a student of the game, but you have to be a student of life and you have to take your time, you have to take your bumps and bruises and you have to be humble. 
you, you know, I, I will say this too, too, though, you know, for anybody who starts pointing out these anomalies like a, a Donnarumma, you know, or Casillas or anything like that, you know, Omar, you kind of even brought this up recently, you know, that Donnarumma, if he had left AC Milan earlier, it probably wouldn't be the success that he's going to be now at PSG because the reason he was successful at AC Milan is because he can't, he was coming through there. So he was, he was yeah. familiar with the whole experience there, you know? So that's, that's sure. a little bit of an outlier, right? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. That's a really, really good point. That's a good shout because I think you even see something like uh, Kepo, right? I mean, he had a good start uh, with Bilbao. And then once he left there, there was like the promise the world. He was the most expensive goalkeeper in history. And now all this pressure on him and he didn't live up to the billing. And now people are at like 26 now. I think he's 26 are saying he's not going to be able to recover. And I think that I hope he does. But I think that in itself 26. is a great example. Yeah, well, I'm saying that that in itself is that people are people are writing this guy off versus you take the proper steps, the proper process. Of course, you're not going to say no to your agents. It's not going to let you say no to something like that. But take the proper steps and the progressions because over time, you want to be ready when the opportunity comes. And Mike, the, the, to what Saskia is saying in terms of like you are young, I think in my opinion, there are three things that you have to be very good at in goalkeeping in terms of studying a student of the game on the field, at, you know, technical, tactical awareness on the field. The second yes. thing is is your your nutrition and your off the field fitness regimen. You that those two have to be in sync. And the last is your actual like tactical awareness, but off the field and video sessions. So like those three things are so not easy, but if you can in, have them all kind of progressing as you get older. So like Louis says, Rob is you know stepping into these uh, things, kind of expecting you to be ready to watch video, to be able to analyze your sessions too. Uh, understand your technical and tactical, uh, uh, I guess, deliberate movements. Why are you doing that? Those those easy, those answers should come easy to you because you've been doing it forever. And I think a lot of kids, there's a disconnect between one of those three uh, pillars and two are good. One is bad for me. I had good tactical awareness. I was very good on the field, but my nutrition and my physical stuff was not on point. And that essentially brought me down and, and limited yeah. my technical and physical ability, which again, in video sessions was not pretty to watch. But I think if all those three pillars are up together, in my opinion, you're you're on the road to success. Yeah, I would say, aside from popular belief with my physique, um, I would <laughs> I think like that is just that's just you know God's gift from my dad's <laughs> side of the family. Um, was um, I wasn't I, I I should have taken better care off the field on certain things as well, and I I would have I would have played longer than I did. I mean, I retired at 34, but I think, I think I could have kept playing had I, had I not, had I taken better care. I mean, I ended my, my career because of a herniated disc and stuff, but I think that I agree with you a thousand percent, but that comes with understanding that comes with age. It comes with understanding yourself and your body and stuff. And I'm sorry, an 18 year old thinks they're invincible. They still think they're rubber. <laughs> like, and eventually you don't get out of bed that fast. So sorry. Yeah. You know, I, I was going to say this with, with Luis right there because I never even thought about that. These are such profound thoughts coming from Suskia and Omar right here, Luis. But that, you know, in the student aspect, learning how, how to eat properly for your, how your body behaves you know, is, is an aspect of being a student because again, like you were saying, not every goalkeeper is alike. The way you eat and the way Sean's going to eat are going to be kind of different based on what your guys' needs are. That's a, that's a really good point to touch on. Uh, I think, um, I think Sean naturally is more, uh, lean, you know, um, good for him. 
uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's a really important thing to to talk about because I actually this year, um, actually I started last year. Um, I actually had to make a change in my diet and and actually uh, dial down on what I what I ate and when I ate because. Um, you know, my, my first year, I, I was training. I was playing. I was playing good uh, in training. But um, you notice a difference when you change when when you change what you what you ingest. And for me, uh, this year that was a big that was a big uh, difference because I, I just feel uh, you know faster and stronger um, uh, rather than like you know eating or sorry. Um, in comparison to my first year, where I was not really tuned into what I was uh, uh, eating, uh, this this year has been phenomenal in that sense. I mean, dude. I mean, I I I didn't even realize how important it was, even at my age right now, until I played last week. I played last Friday. By the way, poor decision on my part. I I wore uh, I wore studs on a turf field that like the turf was like a. <laughs> This much, dude. I felt like I was playing in heels. It was Woody, literally. How old are you? I know it was stupid. It was You're really, like that really. Kid that's like, I got my new studs. I'm wearing them no matter what. Yeah, that's kind of what happened. I was like, I was all excited about these boots, so I put them on, and like the next the next day, I'm just like walking. I'm just like wobbling around or whatever. Um, and I'm like, maybe if I didn't eat all those cinnamon rolls, I would have been. I still would have been better off. So, yeah, AIA kids out there, wait till your metabolism slows down. Oh, that's why I've got, that's why I've got all these like kombucha and like these like, you know, metabolism beverages and stuff like that because of, because of that. Um, guys, I apologize for everybody who's watching this PK shootout. I know we're right. sitting here. Like I'm like, my, everybody, nobody likes us right now. There's like two followers, probably, in, probably my parents. I'm wondering if Wednesday we should just do just a, just a, just a watch party of, of the Euro match instead of, uh. Instead of, doing, instead of doing the podcast or something like that. I don't well, know. Well, no keepers <laughs> gotten close to making a save. So. <laughs> no, no. So the Luis did have that PK save earlier. Luis, did you see that? That PK save that Luis had? I did earlier? not, but I'm not oh, surprised. Okay. He's, he's, he's always been so great. So. <laughs> that, but that's a great segue right there in regards to being a student right there. Um, I think one of the biggest problems that a lot of young goalkeepers make, Luis, when it comes to PKs or any of those types of really pressure situations is they only watch goalkeepers on their successful actions there. They don't watch the goalkeepers that are getting getting beat. Uh, uh, speaking of beat, uh, no, no, spoilers. no, 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 no. Am I behind you? I didn't yeah. say anything. Oh, you must be. You oh, must, nice uh, top hand save. I look am at that. Uh, wow, it's game over. Game over. Oh my gosh. Le Bleu is gone. Hey! Yeah, they didn't even realize it. Everybody's been scoring. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, wait, did we just win? <laughs> Luis wow. is like, when I, I come back on the show, right? I get to come back on the show because of this disaster that's been. <laughs> okay, now that the game is over. Okay, all right, all right. I'll now that the that. game is over, we can go to some of Luis's clips right here because I, I want right. I want to start doing a little bit of breakdowns of oh, some no. of these clips right here. Yeah, no, this can be good, dude. This can be good. We're gonna show be getting you showing you scored on left and right. It's gonna be good. Jesus. Uh, no, I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're not uh we're not we're not gonna do that. We're uh these are gonna be positive movements, right? So these are going to be positive movements right here. Oh, hold on, let me. Okay, so let's go to. What is this play that I want to go to? Not this one. 
Ah, here we go. Okay, this is Sacramento. Uh, I think what basically what happens Sacramento, Oakland. So this is in the recent uh, loan loan spell, right, Luis? Um, obviously, what happens is uh, the ball is lost on a tackle uh, in the 55th minute around midfield, and then it's like a fluke kind of crazy play that kind of leads to like this through ball at the top of the 18, and then you come out approach, right? Nice solid fast approach, the slow arrival that Omar always talks about. And you just kind of hold and you keep this block shape right there because you recognize that you have your angle. And it's just a slight deflection based on just that little touch right there. Um, let's play it again in real time so kind of everybody can kind of kind of see this uh, as it happens here. Look at that touch. Brilliant. That's, in my opinion, that's that's fantastic goalkeeping right there. Um, Luis, you kind of want to walk us through what you were thinking right there? Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, yeah, so I think it might have been, I think it was a free kick before that or a corner kick where... Um, uh, obviously, there's a there's a clearance, and the guy, the center back, slides. And at that moment, I knew no one in the defensive line was aware that the ball was going to get through, and then there was a guy there. So everybody just, I feel at that time, everybody was ball watching, and I knew this, and I was like, okay. As soon as as soon as the guy slid and hit the ball, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to cut the or I need to cut this angle because. It's going to this guy, and I need to be able to make this save. So, uh, yep, yeah, right there, I already made my decision, and I'm already uh, full speed uh, to close the angle. But what I love about it is that you hold. You have that discipline to hold rather because, again, and, you know, Saskia, you always talk about this. You know, how many goalkeepers try to take that extra step, sneak that extra step, and that extra step is exactly what that player was looking for because now they got the space. Yeah, well, there are two things that young goalkeepers do. One, they'll just keep coming um, when you've been, you know, obviously he's going to beat you to the ball. And um, the other one is there. what Louis says great here is while this ball is in no man's land, nobody can do anything with that ball. It's running. He can't shoot it or anything. This is when he's stealing his space. So by the time that this play, the player gets in striking distance, He's stolen enough space that there is no angle. There is no shot. He has no shot. What a lot of young goalkeepers do are going to wait at the top of the six, let that player get the ball, and then try to come. and Or yeah. stay, or they'll stay, and the goal's huge. So the, the brilliance of this is he's stealing the space when that ball is, in no, is traveling in no man's land, in that dead area where, where that's what it's for. So I absolutely, I love what you just said right there. You know, Omar, I think that's something that you've, I, I think you, you, you've I identified in the, no, no, I know you, I know you just said it right, right now, but, but I, I, what I, I wasn't giving Omar credit for that right there. I wasn't going to, going to be like, oh my like God, were, you even, so, were you even listening or were you watching the Euro rebrew? You're uh, so recap? easy. Go ahead. <laughs> but what I meant is that Omar, with your with your theory of the fast approach and the slow arrival, is that you've always talked about the fact is that the reason that you give that fast approach is because when the ball is traveling is when you can move your quickest. Once the ball has arrived, you have to decelerate. If you're still traveling, you're gonna get caught. Yeah, absolutely. And I think two things for me that stand out here is one, staying connected with the play. I think uh, most people, when that ball gets you know cleared up half field, they kind of relax for a second, they exhale versus staying connected. So obviously uh, you scanned and you saw what was happening in front of you. And because you stayed involved in the play and you didn't exhale, you were ready to come out for this ball. But I think also too, kind of what Saskia is saying is as you came out, 
most goalkeepers and sometimes for some reason they just kind of fall over and a little dink over the top is is what people like to do so in that situation you kind of coming up and not uh, i guess uh, just going straight to the ground and keeping your chest up a little bit now the striker has to go okay i have no angle i can't dink it over him and for yeah. from this post i'm sure you can get that knee down for a block save so for me i think again all the in terms of all the approach all the mental checklist all the physical checklists you got it all the way through and I think right here, again, the striker literally just has to try and put it on frame. And, and again, you were able to get that, that trailing leg on it. Yeah, you stood him up. Like you exactly, right there. Up. Because if you go into the K-save right here, which you know how much I love that, um, which we see a lot of young kids do, if you commit, if you go low or anything, it's a dink over the top. But you stood him up. And it's the same thing we talked about with Michelle Akers. It's like the minute you stand them up, they're like, shoot. Like, I have nothing. I have nothing. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's, exactly. it's the, stand, the, the standing up part as well. But I think when you slow your approach down um, as a striker as well, if I see somebody come out and then they cover the angle and they slow their body down, my idea of trying to either dink you is not going to happen. And also mm -hmm. to trying to dribble around you now from a goalkeeper's perspective, you're in a, in a you know more settled position that you can continue running and move laterally with me. So as a striker, my only option here, I can't dribble around. you, I can't dink it. It's just put it on frame. And again, because as Mike said, you travel with the ball and you got there when the guy picked his head up, you covered the entire goal. So I love this one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, Luis, I have a real real quick question before we kind of move on to this, this next uh, clip right here. Is that the discipline of staying up right there, is that something that has been a conscious de decision by you for the most part throughout your career? Or is that something that you've had to work on? I, I firmly believe that I developed that in the last two years. Because oh, wow. uh, with Rob, that's literally what we do twice a week. Um, uh, it, it's a uh, ball from the top of the box to the side. And depending on the touch he takes, you either step or you come back to, to your line. Or if he takes a long touch, then you uh, go and close. You know, So I think that um, wasn't conscious, but it was just natural to me because we've been working on this for the past two years. So that was just... Uh, um, automatic. Yeah. Now we're going to see how much of a student of the game you are. We're going to go back, back in time, and we're going to see the younger Luis. Oh wow! And <laughs> and and let's see how different decisions look right here. And uh, the reason I'm doing this first off is that you're an, uh, such an awesome dude, and you know you're willing to you know let, let people see these types of types of situations and see the kind of the maturation of yourself. Uh, the second one is is because the, the action before was still successful, but we can see how just by fine tuning it, it's even more successful now. So, um, so what we're gonna do right now? Let me put let me put put this uh, this guy back up here right here. So can everybody see this? Okay, so this is against Tigres. Uh, NYCFC, and I think so. What happens right here? It's as a throw-in, deep, and it's going down. It's going down the end line right here. And you steal, in my opinion. I think you came out a little bit too much right there. I don't know how you feel about it right there, but because you've recognized you came out too much, you track that ball. You go down on the smother, covering the space, making making yourself big right there, keeping that shape right, great right there, and then you still hold on to the ball nice and clean uh, right here. But Again, a little bit different in regards to the discipline that you have now versus versus kind of stealing stealing right there. Any any, any other thoughts on that, or am I completely off base? No, for sure. I think uh, as soon as I saw the game back, I I was in awe that I did that. I I couldn't believe I did that because I, in that in that in that moment I need to be 
two steps back. You know, I, I was too, I was too eager to to try to jump the ball, but in the end, it worked out because I got the ball. But uh, that's definitely not a a, a spot that you want to be in. Yeah. Any any anything else? Any, any anybody want to add to this, Saskia? Any thoughts? I mean, we can sit here and say he needs to be two steps back. I'm not I'm not upset about it. I mean, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, he's the cover for the pressure on the ball. And that that player doesn't have a shot. All he has is a touch. And the only way he's going to beat that player is with a long touch. He's not going to beat you, Luis, with a shot. He can't go. He's not going to go through the player. And so that long touch, you're there to 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 eat it up. I don't know if you're two steps back, if that becomes a more difficult smother for you. And it's um, a it's a it's, it, it's a weird one because yeah it's a weird if one I'm, if I'm two steps back I I can't make that save yeah that's what I'm saying like if you're you know, two steps like, back you're not that you he might you might try to smother it but he might tip it past you exactly. so I don't really necessarily say oh no you should have stayed on your line here because I look at it like all right you've got your player and you have the goal covered the angles covered and now like I said the only way that player can go anywhere is to do a long touch there's nobody in here to pass it to. And if there is, in my opinion, you'll probably be able to drop step and recover. So I'm so not, not, I'm not, I'm not really mad about. I wouldn't be upset about this as a goalkeeper coach. I'd be like, eh. no, it's one I of mean, those situational I, things. I wouldn't yeah, say, I wouldn't exactly. say, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say mad. You know, but I mean, playing devil's advocate here, I see what Luis was saying about two steps back because maybe if he's two steps back, that scenario doesn't occur. It doesn't but come may, about. What do you mean? If he's two so, steps. Maybe if, if he's, he's two steps back, he doesn't take the long touch and he beats the player. Now you're in a world of trouble. Oh, like well, Mark, he, I, I, there's yeah. just I don't really have a problem with the situation. I mean, I guess in a in a black and white world, we can say, yeah, you know, you should be two more steps back. But there's so many different ways this could de- develop. Yeah, no, I yeah. Think for for me, for me, I think here. Um, my center back could have probably done a bit better. Like he needed to, he has to win that ball. Um, and if he does that, then I can stay in my line and I can hold my ground. And even if the other guy, if the attacker wins the ball, he's in a, he's in a, in a tough spot to, to beat me. So mm-hmm. then I don't have to step forward. I have to, I, I can stay in my line. And if he crosses it, I'm already in a good spot to, mm-hmm. to turn and, 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 and face the cross. Yeah. Yeah, that's my only thing would be if he slotted the ball, you're so far out of position exactly. that the odds of you ever getting back across a goal are slim and none. Yeah, that would be exactly. the only thing. But I think that on the backside, that if he taking the long touch, had you been for the back, you never would have gotten to the long touch. Yeah, no, I, I hold my position in, 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 the, in saying that I need to be lower um, just because of the, of, the, of the ball that can come across. But like I said, I mean, I ended up with the ball – it was yeah. fortunate <laughs> for me, but uh, but yeah, it's definitely not a, a position that I want to be in. Omar, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, in this situation, again, we talk about Mike with uh, like Tim Dittmer, like praising the intent of the play, and I think in this situation, that ball's you know a good three four yards off the striker's foot. So in this situation as well, okay, good reading of the of the game, but also too, it could have been a situation where you call off your center back if it was even even bigger touch, and you smother the ball. So I think, in my opinion, watching the play back, I like the intent of you, you know, being eager to try and make a play because it looked like it. Uh, the ball was, you know, separated enough where you can come make a play. But obviously, you know, slow down a little bit. You got to touch in front of the center back. You dealt with it, but it's a learning, uh, learning thing. So just be, hey, 
understand that you can be eager to come out for the ball, but at the same time, understand pick and choose and let the, you know, let the, let, let what's happening in front of you dictate, um, I guess your eagerness and your uh, aggressiveness. For sure. Dude, I love what you just said right there, Omar, in regards to calling off the back to, if you're going to come off like that, call off that back. So rather than creating kind of like that log jam of the player trying to come in and, 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 and win the ball, you're like, you're making the decision, Luis, you know, of, of like, this is going to be my ball. So I'm coming off. I'm going to win it regardless. Jaime Pineda was great at that at the LA Galaxy, right, Omar? Oh, man, that was so long ago. I have no idea. But yes, I'll say yes to, to your point. <laughs> come I on, Mr. Galaxy fan. I think, Louis, so I, I think Luis, had you not come off, he would have scored. He has a free shot. If, if he has I don't a free shot. Me, he could have buried you near post or gone far post. You're, you're, yeah, if you don't come off, yeah. So no, Mike, I don't agree with you. So this, this is awesome because this is showcasing what becoming a student of the game is getting different opinions because there is no right or wrong answer. And rather, yes, your answer was wrong. Okay. <laughs> You're the only one in our little group that just, that it has a different answer. It's like oh Sesame God. street, which of these things belong together. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I just want to let you know that every session I had this afternoon has canceled already. They've already canceled. Because they're watching you give wrong answers. <laughs> exactly. The parents like, you know what? When's uh, Saskia at UCLA? Uh, does she have the field at UCLA on Friday? I think we'd rather do we'd rather, we'd rather, we'd rather do that. No, but, I, but you know, obviously we're joking around and stuff like that. But having conversation with other goalkeepers and other goalkeeper coaches, Luis, is, is how you become a better student. Because if you don't hear different opinions you're never going to grow 100 percent, 100 percent. and i think uh i was actually talking to sean about this uh earlier where um i was just telling him how like what we do now in training it's it's something that i needed growing up because i always had like the individual uh type training where it's like oh well all all technical stuff footwork um diving all that all that type of stuff but i I kind of liked like the more technical side of the game. Um, and I was just telling Sean, I was like, listen, I I'm so glad that I came into a place where I'm actually working on what I needed to work, you know? So yeah, I mean, so happy here right now. So happy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I mean, I, I think you just brought up a really good point. And, and this is, this is something that's actually really fascinating to me, you know, before we kind of move on to this last clip and everything like that, but like, is that, being a student to the game, it's not just about the tactical. It's not just about the technical. It's about both. And I think a lot of young goalkeepers, you know, and, and Omar, I know this is something that you've talked about with a lot of young goalkeepers as they say, oh, I'm a student to the game. I've been working on my footwork here and my collapse dive here and, you know, my shape here. And look how clean I am with the handles. But then they're, they're, they're a disaster when it comes to the tactical because all they've been focusing on is learning how to do the technical, the technical, the technical. Yeah. I mean, that's when we talk about I mean, using different sports, for example, is, you know, most people can hit a free throw. Uh, but when you add actual like pressure, a lot of guys fold. You can actually hit a, you know, three pointer standing still. But when you actually add movement to it, you're not going to be able to do it. So I think that's it's, it's one one uh, way to decipher. Of, Here's a technical aspect and in isolation, I can do it. But then putting yourself in the position to actually execute that 
and fine tune the technical aspect once you actually put it to a full speed game. Um, so yeah, I, I, I see a lot of kids sometimes say I can play the ball with my left foot. Okay, perfect. Let me play you a ball across your body, one touch clearance with your left foot. Let's see with a, with a striker coming behind you, following your, your right back, uh, chasing after the ball. They can't do it. So I think, again, it's, it's important to, again, understand what you need to work on, work on those in isolation, and then watch the game, whether it's the system that you play or the team that you're going to play against. Watch how they play and how they press, and then understand, okay, they're probably going to you know, force me to my left foot. Is it going to be a central pass back? I take my touch outside and I serve the ball like that. You have to do all those different types of scenarios so that when the, when the time comes, it's best if you don't need it. But if you do, you can actually call on, on some mental recall that you've done in uh, preseason or, you know, in offseason stuff. Yeah, you know, and I, I think, you know, Suska, you've brought this up, you know, consistently over and over again, is that, you know, there are certain things that, you know, I can do with you in training and there are certain things that you can do on your own. And if you if you meld those two together, that's that's the best of both worlds right there, you know? And what I mean by that is like, you know, what, what Omar was talking about right there in regards to putting those scenarios together and, and, and recognizing it through doing, through doing, through doing. That's something very difficult that you can't replicate on your own. Correct. You know, and I, mean, I think there's, I think there's, yeah. there's certain things that you can you can get done by yourself. Um, just repetition, just just what a you know, just mundane stuff that's super important to goalkeeping. <laughs> um, but then there's stuff that no, you can't. It's impossible to replicate on your own. You need to train with somebody, preferably more than one person, a goalkeeper and a coach and uh, several other players. <laughs> To really um, try to, you know, because we've all just we all agree that the best way to learn is to try to do game scenarios, um, game like scenarios. Period. Game pace, yeah. game like scenarios, and everything. And and like I said, there's a lot you can do on your own, just the mundane repetition stuff. But when it comes down to that, yeah, you need somebody. You need so, several. So, people. so I want I want to share I want to share this right now. Let's see if this uh let's see if I can get this uh this this guy up here. Uh, let's see if this opens. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, no, I don't want the volume on. Okay. Where the heck is this play? Sorry, he talks to himself, Luis. I do. I, I do. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> and, then, and then he also starts, he has this little song he hums. He's like, I do. Does he have a playlist or does he only song? No, he just sings it to him. It says Mike. It's his Mike song. I don't know what it is. It's me. It's me. And I just, I just, I just, I just make it up as I go along right here. Okay. Okay, so this is in the 60-second minute right here. We're just going to play it through right here. But basically, I think what happens uh, in this play is there's a back pass, a media chase. Uh, you recognize that chase. And so what you do is you got you drop back to create depth, opening up this pocket for this player, and you disguise your pass from going wide, and then you just connect it with this player right here. So let's, uh, let's just play that again in, in real time so everyone can kind of see it you know, kind of develop uh, from here and then just kind of walk through it right here. Ball comes in. Dun, boom. Dun. Chase. Don't let it go past drop. you. <laughs> and that's great right there. That's great right there. Uh, Luis, you want to walk us through there, right there? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that was last year, uh, preseason, so against Palmeiras. Um, yeah, so I think, I think I actually talked to Rob about this uh, and initially – Initially, I thought I was like, "Wow, this is a great decision." Like, I faked like I was going long, and I played short, and I connected. But uh, in all reality, here, if I take this touch and play James, my center back, right away, 
he can pl then play Tony and then we're out. Rather than me playing um, J um, Justin in the middle, he takes a touch, then he has to, he's facing, uh, he's with his back, uh, or sorry, with, he's facing my goal. So, like, we're not going forward here. It's just like a whatever pass for me. I don't know. No. Yeah. Um, I, I, go ahead, Omar. No, I think it, 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 what you just said right there, too, is faking that you're going long. And I think uh, that's not a lost art, but I think a lot of people don't understand the power of a step over. Or we talked about about Kaylin Sheridan. She fakes long. She's going to, you know, use a, your, her big throw for a counterattack. And that forces the right, you know, center midfielder to drop off. And now it gives her left back an opportunity to, you know, have some breathing room to, to drive the ball up. So in these situations, even on goal kicks with Alex, who's, you know, our goalkeeper, I tell him, you know, if they're going to pressure you on the right side, Take a step over to the left, and now, if anything, you're giving your right center back, uh, Tony, you give Tony an extra second or two to actually, you know, pick, uh, touch the ball, scan the field. So something like this, again, if I'm watching it from a student perspective or a coach scouting, I go, okay, good. He knows how to actually use his body and dictate what's in front of him uh, to what Saskia said earlier. You can play a long ball, but what are you doing prior to that? How are you manipulating what's in front of you so that that long pass is actually to an open player versus somebody who's going to have to flick it on? Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> I mean, the other good thing about this is a lot of young players, look at the touch. So, so we're taught to take that setup touch, right? If you take a setup touch here, like we talked about, if you take a setup touch here and you go towards this player, you're putting yourself into a world of trouble, right? Now you've now that player is closing you. You've just touched the ball towards that player and everything. What I like is that you kill the ball, you take a step backwards you to assess, and now – now you're not putting yourself into a, a, a bad situation by taking that touch forward. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's a good thing for, for young goalkeepers to learn. It doesn't always have to be like a penetrative or like a forward setup touch. You can kill the ball and take a step backwards. And that's what you did. And that gave you a little bit more time to scan the field instead of putting yourself into a bad position. Now, Luis, I, I do see what you're saying right here in regards to the fact that like if you had played earlier – you could have you could have just played in there and now we're now we're out because but because the fact that you took that little bit extra time, your only scenario though in my opinion and you know I, I'm 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 saying you know I mean you know pick your poison type of a thing here but like this is a more effective ball than you just kind of cracking that ball in my in my opinion you know so oh, I think you got to got to give yourself a little bit of credit right there because he was <laughs> still able to maneuver himself out and still you were still open so he could reset with you right here for you know sure. what I'm saying. For sure. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just always, I'm that type of person. It's just like, I'm always going to be super critical about everything that I do. Um, and I mean, if you see where this plays go or where this play goes, it doesn't like, it, it takes us way too long for us to get out. It takes way yeah. too long where like, as opposed to like, if I play the pass to the center back, as soon as I get the first, the first ball to, to James to my left, then we're out. And, and we're onto the attack rather than just like waiting here, see what happens and then attacking. Yeah. No. So I see. So as you're saying, so right here, if you would just right there, just played that ball quick. So but, go, go, go a little bit back. A little bit farther back. Right here. Okay. Right here. Okay. So right here, play it. Uh-huh. Okay. So I play it here. So take right a there. touch, give it to James right there. Okay. Boom. Okay. And then he oh, plays. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. So I play my center back here. He gets it and then plays Tony right away. And then we're up rather than oh. me trying to play Justin, which I did. And then mm -hmm. Justin plays me back. And then I play James. And then now James is under pressure. Yeah. Um, like, just let it play. Watch. Okay. Okay. I get the ball back. Now the attackers right onto James right here. 
Like, yeah. James has no space right there. And it takes his... Yeah, so I don't know if he yeah. actually came out of that, but... Yeah. So, so I, I see what you're saying. So it allowed... But, but because the fact, even though he was able to play the ball back to you, because of the fact that they were already able to sit in on you, exactly. now the, the chance was lost to, 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 get, to get out. No, I see exactly what, what, what you're saying right there. See, I love this, man. We're doing a video session right now. This is absolutely brilliant, man. But I, I think this, yeah. is, uh, this, this is really, really I'm awesome sure stuff. Robert, I'm sure Rob would be happy. <laughs> well, I mean, he does. He, I mean, he, when he was on, man, he had some some pretty pretty awesome tapes. So I know he's he's big on that that kind of stuff. Um, I know that everybody's got to start uh, start get going right here. Um, you know, uh, with the with their with their everyone's busy schedules right here. Uh, by the way, guys, if anyone's wondering why we did not have uh, shows last week, uh, it's the summer and everyone's extremely busy right now, and the Euros were going on at the same time, and uh, and a lot of this would have been going on at the same time. <laughs> But uh, but I, I know that we wanted to get Luis on, so uh, I, so you know I'm glad we were still able to make it happen. Um, Luis, kind of before we go, um, what advice do you give to like any young goalkeepers, you know, who are saying like, oh, um, I've tried to be a student of the game, and now I'm struggling because I'm thinking too much in the game, because I've been learning so much. You know, I think that's some that's a habit that I'm hearing from a lot of young goalkeepers. Is like. Oh, you told me to go out. I've researched all this stuff. Now I'm coming into my game and I'm trying to do all of that rather than just letting okay. it happen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think I was caught or I, I have been caught in that mindset a little bit just because there's so much information to 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 take in. And yeah, I get it. Sometimes you're overthinking a play or overthinking a pass uh, when in reality the game is simple. But it becomes simple after playing games. So for me, mm -hmm. the ability for me to, to go to college and to get those games there allowed for my game to, to expand, you know, because you can, you can watch film, you can train all you want. If you can apply it into the game, it's never, you're never going to grow, you're never going to learn. So I, playing games for me is a, is a big part. And I know a lot of... Uh, like players are like, oh, D1, D, like, I got to go D1, I got to go D1. You don't have to, like, even no. if you go Division 2 and you play games rather than going D1 and being on the bench, like, I, much, it's much, <clears throat> much more helpful to take the D2 route and get games in, in that sense. I, I mean, I think I, I absolutely agree with that. And this is a conversation that we have over and over and over again in regards to go find find somewhere where you're going to keep developing and you're going to keep playing. You know, and, and this is even a conversation that we've had, you know, talking to, to younger kids at the club level too. You know, are you going to go to an ECNL team and sit on a bench and never play? Or are you going to go somewhere, you know, maybe ECRL and you're going to play and you're going to develop and then maybe next year you're ready to play ECNL? I mean, Suski, I know this is a conversation you have to have with people all the time. When I went to Marquette or going to Marquette, um, I, wasn't, I wasn't really happy with that because I wanted to go pro, you know. Um, but unfortunately, the chance wasn't given. So I had to go to college. So I was like, OK, cool. Like, I got to make this work. Um, but, uh, but no, in the, in the end, I look back and I'm like, I'm so glad I, I, I was able to go the college route and, and get those games under my belt and, and develop rather than maybe going too soon or, or too early, uh, onto the pros and maybe not making it, you know, because you're, you're not having that, um, um, game action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I, I love I love what you just said right there, man. That's a, that's a great way to wrap it up right there. Um, by the way, Luis, uh, so if anybody out there wants to to follow you and kind of keep seeing this journey, you know, I think one of the really cool things is on your social media. You've done a really good job of kind of like showing that journey all the way from from Marquette, you know, to to the pro game and stuff. Where's where's the best place for people to connect with you? Um, Instagram, Twitter, um, not really Facebook, but yeah, Instagram, Twitter. <laughs> Gotcha. Uh, and, and what's that handle for, for anybody out there who uh, wants for to follow? For Instagram is Huicho Barraza, just Huicho Barraza. And then for Twitter is Luis Barraza with an extra A at the end. Gotcha, so. gotcha, gotcha. And obviously, guys, uh, if you have uh, have any any thoughts. and, and Oh, Saskia, don't you have a, 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 an event going on this, uh, this, this weekend for Angel City? Is there we, an event going on? We do. We are... Um, uh, couple of the um, big supporter groups and everything. We're getting on the Metro down at Union Station. We're taking it to the to the stadium. We're having a big um, celebration party because we are releasing our official logo on the 30th. So the next day we're gonna have a big party about it. The logo is absolutely amazing. And um, you guys will all get to see it. And when you see the breakdown of what the logo means, I never knew so much went into the breakdown of what a logo means and it's pretty pretty phenomenal so i'm really excited about it yeah man that, that's gonna be a lot of fun if you're in the southern california area definitely check that out and i think uh i think uh, what rebellion is putting that together so we're what, what, yeah a that, bunch of our groups are a bunch of our okay. groups i mean we're putting it together as angel city but um rebellion's a big rebellion 99's a big part of it a bunch of our um groups are so they'll all be there be like three thousand people on a train it'll be like you know, you don't remember these movies. I won't even bring it up for guys. <laughs> Be like trading places, but nobody knows what that means. <laughs> All right. If you want to know more about that, guys, uh, follow uh, Suskia at Suskia underscore Weber. I know she's going to be posting all about that yeah, stuff. Yeah, uh, guys, if you want to uh, to see Omar's journey as the Las Vegas Lights goalkeeper coach, uh, follow him at ProGK Academy underscore. Um, obviously, guys, contact at InsideThe18Media.com if you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion or at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social media platforms. If you want to reach out to me directly on anything comedy-related, at Michael Magid, M-A-G-I-D, show Friday, 7 o'clock in North Hollywood. You can see all the details there. They're just uh, wondering if I'll be at the show. <laughs> 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 to heckle you. <laughs> Basically. I know, Omar and Susk, you guys still have to come to a show. You guys I still am. have to come to a show. I'll just heckle you, you the whole time. You'll have a total heart attack. Sorry, oh, sorry my God. <laughs> All right, guys, that's uh, that's all the time on Inside the 18, and we are out. Later, guys. Yeah.